welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Hindsight is Horrifying. And tonight, we're doing something a little different. We're going down a different sort of rabbit hole. If you've got any LSD, take it. If you've got any coffee, drink it. (laughs) Because tonight is 100% Terry Gilliam. We have 1988's Baron Munchausen. The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. There you go. Not The Adventures of Baron Munchausen by proxy. Very different different movie. Uh, So it's the, uh, the first movie that we have done on Hindsight is Horrifying that is named for a mental illness. Fun. And with that, I am going to hand this over to my co-host, Darth Jader, to tell us a little bit about what we are going to be doing tonight. Good evening, listeners, and welcome back. As Jason said, we're happy to have you, as always. And yes, we are going down a very trippy rabbit hole, for sure. And in order to do that, we're going to have to introduce our fantastic repeat guest. She's back. You know her, you love her from Hercules. We have Meg in the studio And we are super excited to have her here, and we are going to let her give you guys a bit of a summary on what the hell this weird-ass movie is all about. So, Meg, take it away. (laughs) (laughs) Self-applause! I'll I'll increase to that. Um, Yeah, so this movie, I used to watch it on repeat as a kid. Uh, I would actually have to walk over to my grandma's house. Is it a kid's movie? No, it is not. Because I went to buy it today on Amazon, and it's listed under in, in kids' movies, and I'm thinking, wait a minute. This is not a kid's movie. Well, that's, no, what makes, that's what makes it such a perfect candidate for our show, is the fact that it's a movie Meg probably shouldn't have been watching as a kid. Yeah, but, you know, that good old PG rating. Because yep. there was no PG-13. We got away with so much more back when we were young listeners. It was a fantastic, lawless time. Yeah, if you're a chubby chaser, this is the movie for you. Oh, my God. Oh. Sorry, oh. fat fetishist. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I'm going to gloss right over that with what, a it's subtle... A Bob, it's a Bob's Burgers joke. Anyway. <laughs> Gene, don't say chubby chasers. Oh, no, fat. Tina, don't yeah, say that. Yeah. Fat fetishist? Oh, God. But, I like it when they say bumper to bumper. <laughs> bumper to bumper. I like traffic <gasps> updates. Uh, all right, so, anyway, so the movie, come on, come on. The Meg, movie. Yeah. give us a quick summary of what this movie is all about. All right, so uh, it's all back during the Age of Reason during, uh, you know, their, uh, I think it's a French town, or uh, it's actually nondescript European town. Yeah, they don't really get into the details of yeah, that. And but, the, yeah. the, the leader of it is French, though, so I can see why you would yeah. think it's French. So uh, the Ottoman Empire is attacking uh, right oh, outside their walls, and you have... <laughs> Um, you have this play going on this whole time uh, depicting the grand adventures of Baron Munchausen to try, you know, take these people out of a horrible war that's going on. And then you have this older gentleman come in saying that he's the real Baron Munchausen and all that stuff you're doing, you're you're doing it wrong. This is the way it really happened. Yeah, he's mad because they're making a mockery of his adventures. And And, and then he proceeds to lie his ass off. So you think. (laughs) Well, that's the question. That's, yep. And if anybody's seen the ending... You don't know. Well, see, and I'm in a sort of interesting position in this movie because most of the time when we watch movies, I have a pretty strong position, you know, yay or nay. No. Yeah, if you haven't noticed, yeah. (laughs) Now, I have seen this movie many, many times, and I still don't know how I feel about it, which is, I think, appropriate for a Terry Gilliam movie. You know, I mean, I've seen 12 Monkeys and Time Bandits and Brazil. I, I like Terry Gilliam. I'm a huge fan of the Pythons. Um, but I still don't know how I feel about this movie. I'm sort of in the middle, but I'm, I'm in the studio with one person who absolutely adores the movie. I do. And one person who less than adores it. It's not my favorite movie, 
It, I, th- I think you're being generous. It might be. Well, you got to let me finish because uh, it might be one of my least favorite movies. <laughs> I figured that you might appreciate it as someone coming from a literary background. No, that's that. See, that's why I don't out and out hate it because it does have really good imagery. It's got great references. Every It's clever. I can appreciate how clever the movie is without liking it at the same time. I'm talented that way. See. I guess I love it so much is because one, I watched it all the time as a kid, and then I revisited it in college, obviously when I was drunk most of the time. There so you, go. you know <laughs> Well, I think we should talk about the what type of movie this is. Because for those in the audience who have never seen a Terry Gilliam movie, Terry Gilliam was of course uh, a member of Monty Python. Yes. Uh, if you ever watched um, any of the old Pythons, Flying Circus and stuff like that. If you saw any of the animated sequences, those were mm. those were Terry Gilliam's. Yeah. And, Which a mo- yeah. member of Monty Python is actually in this movie. Yeah, Eric Idle is in it. Yeah. Yes. And um Michael Palin or Terry Jones one was asked to be in it and he politely declined. Mm. And Eric Idle actually said when it was all over with that it was one of the worst experiences in his career. <laughs> Uh, so oh, that's the same, <laughs> same thing for Sarah Polly, the actress who plays Sally, Sally the little girl. Yeah. Uh, she thought it was really difficult and did, did not enjoy filming, apparently. She said, well, uh, I don't think at that age she would probably fully understand or appreciate what no, she was no, no, doing. No, no, no. Not even because of the sense of humor or lack thereof, or however you want to phrase it. But she apparently went on to say the film left her with a lot of scars. Like, it was traumatic because there were explosions going off all over the place and she'd um, be left in freezing cold water for hours on end. Like, even if there's not danger to a little yeah. kid, you're like, oh my God, I'm in freezing water and nobody's yeah. coming to help me. So yeah, all right, that's she, fair. she doesn't have <laughs> Mom won't let memories. me quit. Mom wants me to be a movie star. I've got a frigid <laughs> stage, mother. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, one of the other interesting things about this movie is that, to me, it is a bit mysterious because you hear all of these stories about how when it was in production... It was it was a stereotypical production hell. The, the stories are that everything that could go wrong went wrong. We know it went over budget. Um, it had like a $25 million budget, and it was, it was claimed that it went up to something like $45 million. Terry Gilliam has consistently said that isn't true, that it, it did go over budget, but it was nowhere near that much over budget. And as huh. far as the production things, his, his side of the story is that um, – it was a complete fabrication that the people at the completion bond company who, you know, their job, you know, if you've ever seen life aquatic, they're the bond company stooges, you know, their job is to make sure the movie gets finished. Sure. That they were apparently leaking to the press, all of these stories about all these bad things that were happening on the set. Hmm. And then also make spinning it sort of like they were the ones keeping everything together because they're the, you know, they were the the, the completion bond people. Look, yeah, we, look at us, aren't we so good? Yeah. Um, and then the movie got completely screwed by Columbia because they had a change of management at Columbia. And it was essentially, the way Gilliam described it, he said it was like a new lion coming in and eating all the cubs of the old lion. Oh, God. Because they, they only struck 117 prints of this movie. Wow. So for the entire, in the United States, so the entire United States, there are 117 copies of this movie available for movie theaters. Wow. Yeah. Art films get 400. Yeah. I was about to say that we were just basically like trying to light a match in an Arctic wind. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. how in God's name are you going to make this yeah. successful? So they kill, so they did kill it. So it's interesting, you know. You watch it and you can certainly see this being a movie with a lot of production problems because it's a complicated movie. 
and it's Terry Gilliam. Well, um, and with all the practical effects that they've got, just are they're monstrous, and even some non-practical effects. But the sets are just intense. Oh yeah, yeah, it's an, no, I mean, yeah. absolutely. I always thought it. I mean, visually stimulating for sure. Um, well, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think whatever it went over budget, that money's on screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and see, that's the thing yeah. is that you're not getting, and that actually leads me to another point is that Robin Williams appeared in this movie for free. Uh, because it was God after the him. budget had already been cut and it was finalized, yeah. Uh, which is funny because I'm normally whatever Robin Williams wants to do, he can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. But th- th- <laughs> this is one of the few roles I've seen him in besides maybe one hour photo where Ooh. he kind of made me cringe. I was like, oh god, this is just so. I forgot that about part does photo. get a little LSD for it, sure. Oh I'm, god, I'm not yeah. gonna lie. But <laughs> you need some sort of hallucinogen to really appreciate the King of the Moon <laughs> or the mind of a child. <laughs> It worked yeah, out fine well, for me. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking, is that maybe this was about timing for me, because if I had seen this movie as a kid, I would probably have different feelings about it, because it's it's like you said, it's a big, fun, like very visually stimulating story, and that checks pretty much every box for yeah, a little c- kid. Yeah, it's certainly more visually stimulating at parts than others. Uh, yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm thinking of real. Uma Thurman, uh-huh. um, who so, apparently was... I forget how much nudity is in this <laughs> There's movie. There's a lot of nudity in <laughs> this movie. I was kind of surprised my grandmother, who was a strict Catholic, allowed me to watch this Did movie. she have bad vision? Did she wear like really thick glasses? <laughs> no, but you know what? She was never in the room when I watched it, but oh, she's always like, go. here you yeah. go. Yeah. Here's the movie. It, watch this movie. It's a comedy called Porky's. I Ooh. think I think, it's, I think it's about pigs. Well, it's like, like Porky my, Pig. Yeah. What's well, like my dad watching? Uh, he loves Caddyshack, and then, but I grew up with the '90s TV cup version. And then when I went to go watch it as an, as an adult, I was like, "Oh God, there are naked chicks everywhere." Yeah, so you watched the 15 minute long version. <laughs> exactly. TV. They cut out everything it, except for the Gopher and yeah, Bill Murray. It's a golf movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Uh, there's there's a lot of nudity. If anybody out here hasn't seen it and you go to look at it on uh, Amazon, it will be listed as a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. It is not a kid's movie. It's not. <clears throat> I mean, the first nudity that you see, I swear, I mean... The, the Sultan's... The uh, Sultan's, yeah. The courtesans or whatever they were. And oh, the Sarum, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I swear I thought it was a fat suit. I thought, oh, they've got somebody mm-hmm. in a fat suit walking around. And I'm, I'm watching going, no... No, it's not a fat suit. It, oh, it's uh, that that yeah, okay. Good all on right. the movie for promoting beauty, beauty in all yeah. shapes and sizes. That's not what he was doing. You know what? Let's just say that he was. <laughs> that she's, was. She's that, just gonna spin yeah. it in that positive yeah. light. Yeah, That's I what am. Gonna yeah, it was a sight gag. Um, <laughs> but the the movie though, it's based on um. It, it, it's based on, is it a book or is it just an old folktale or? I think it's a folktale. It's a folktale. Yeah. And he's like some m- mythic figure almost that people tell stories about, but then it turns out that he's a real person, so right. we think. Yeah. Um, he, it's a folktale about a person who, who thought that he had a mental or physical disorder that he didn't have. No, that's the syndrome. Yeah. That's that... the syndrome again. Sorry. Well, no, the, the syndrome is that you make up <laughs> symptoms to get attention. Right, yeah. Well, and, you know, that's exactly what he does is he, he and, I, you know, we were talking about this off microphone, and I know that this movie far predates Pirates of the Caribbean, but I get a very strong Captain Jack Sparrow vibe from Baron Munchausen. I can see that. Because he he's very much like, okay, let's play this by ear, and, and it's a little Ferris Bueller at the same time because there are all these moving parts, and... He's constantly putting himself in a situation where he almost bites off more than he can chew, but somehow things just swing in his favor. Well, he almost seems like 
if there was a superhero or an alien or a time lord who <laughs> who got really old and wasn't as good at it as he used to be. Like a little bit of his he magic is He reversed Benjamin Buttons in this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of the interesting things is the characters, they bounce in age depending on the circumstances. It's, it's like the more attention he gets, the younger he yeah. becomes. He's like Tinkerbell. You have to believe in him for him to have his well, powers. <laughs> well, because the youngest the youngest he gets is in, is when he's dancing with Uma Thurman. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, big surprise. I was about well, to say, yeah. is anyone shocked he by that? He looks pretty good, though. Yeah. Um, Uma Thurman, who spent most of the movie trying not to get, um, I, what's what's a word that won't get me sued? Um, hmm. Accosted. <laughs> no, no, that's kind of a legally word. Uh, Vulcan, the guy who played Vulcan, apparently spent most of the movie trying to get in her uh, pants, pantaloons. They're <laughs> married. <laughs> what? They're married. In the movie, they're married. In yeah. the movie, they're married. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, in, in the movie, in they're, life, they're married. married to Ethan I was Hawk. like. Wait, yeah. what? No, um, no, in the movie. Well, yeah, but off screen, I think, is what Jason's insinuating oh, wow. here. Yeah, yeah. Is that, that's why he was trying not to bring up anything too legally related, because uh, we're not 100% sure if that's true. Well, or... and, and interesting thing about Uma Thurman, too, is that this was her first movie, but it wasn't the first, first time mo- she appeared, yeah. Because the movie took so long to make that she actually was in another movie that was released before this movie came out. That's correct. <laughs> My God. See, and there's what we were talking about oh, before. God. That ass. Yeah. Somehow that... I missed that, and I'm upset with both of you for bringing yeah. it up. <laughs> that ass. That and, ass. And, and somebody said, we need to get some real big platform shoes for her. Yes. That's what's going to make it. This They're is, pretty cool looking. Yeah, I'd that's, wear. That's and this predates it. Spice Girls. Yeah. So, I mean, those were some innovative platforms right it's there. It's like the Spice Tubby Girls spice. and a geisha shoe mated with each other. Yeah. If they had fish yeah. in them, they'd be... Terrific for pimps. I mean, yeah, poor fish. But <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be horrible for the fish. Well, yeah, because they run out of oxygen eventually. And I just no imagine constantly being stomped. You know, I mean, you the know. reverberations. Yeah, right here. yeah. Now this um, first adventure, um, Baron which isn't w- even really an adventure. Uh, it's, a, it's a fable that is yeah. a part of his whole backstory. It's an exploit. Yeah, I'll of, go with that. Of how yeah. he stole the Sultan's <clears throat> treasure vault, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't really lead anywhere, you know, like it. it's... But that's how the play was starting off, was telling the Sultan's tale, and then he comes in yeah. saying, no, wrong. Yeah, that's not, yeah. Well, and did you notice, by the way, um, as Bob's Burgers fans, you know, did you notice the name of Baron Munchausen's horse? Yes. Bucephala. Yes, it's Bucephala. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That did make me laugh. Yeah. I wrote that one down. The the uh, the horse of Alexander the Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and also Tina. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, no, not, no, not Tina. That was the Bob guy, the guy in the Bob cost- Cephala. Bob yeah. Cephala, yeah, the costume that Linda made for him. But um, yeah, what's re- I did really appreciate how witty the little <laughs> opera is that the oh the Torturer's Apprentice, the Torturer's Apprentice, the torture well, that apprentice. It, like the song about the eunuch <laughs> who was I can't, quote, I can't even watch it. <laughs> Yeah, I especially love all the phallic-shaped hats the men are wearing. Oh, absolutely! But uh, this this shot right here, this is why I, it costs forty five million dollars. Like, well, no, this is this is Terry Gilliam making me uh, slightly angry 
I just want to yell out, we get it. He's going fast and going through the floor. Would you please just go Fair ahead enough. and get on with it? Yeah, well, it would have been fine if you had cut to his feet once and you see that he's winding up. Dwight, you know winding up doesn't really work, right? <laughs> but if you see him winding up once, okay, cool. But you cut to it like five times. Yeah. And it's like, all right, he's the human roadrunner. We understand. Yeah, and I think that's one of my beefs with the movie is the pacing. Well, and it beats you over the head with a brick with its own sense of humor. Yeah. And it, well, that's kind of for the time back then. The pacings of movies in the 80s were all kind of like this. Well, I, I think like the Robin Williams scene, I think one of the reasons why it didn't work for me was it's like it starts and it's, oh, it's Robin Williams. Oh, he's mm-hmm. he's doing sort of Popeye and Mork, but Italian. Yeah. And then it's, it just goes on forever well and there's there's almost a social commentary to that scene with the king of the moon where funny how a man can be uh more quiet and civilized when he's not distracted by his bodily impulses well yeah and it's interesting too because you don't you don't ever really get a solid answer if the moon is crazy if the king of the moon is crazy or not yeah because he's he's perfectly fine well not not really he's a little more calm at least when he's just his head. Well, yeah, 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 but I mean the whole thing where he's talking about like I'm I'm one with the universe and I govern all these things and I'm this, you know, this, I'm omnipotent. Yeah, yeah, and then the Baron says, uh, you know, he has delusions of grandeur, but it's actually Which, not clear. He could he's a floating head on well, that, the moon. Well, and that's the blind leading the blind because you you get the Baron showing up with uh Sally and he's like, oh, yes, I'm one of the King of the Moon's most trusted favorite people. And we should get a lot of pomp and circumstance when we show up. And they do. They get like a, almost like a tiny little parade when they show up yes. on the moon. But then you find out that the Baron um, has been messing around with the King of the Moon's woman. Very so, Doctor Who. Yeah. It's Which very, yeah. He, he does. He's a, a ladies' man for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so when the Baron says something like, oh, he suffers from delusions of grandeur. I mean, but consider the source. They're, yeah. bo- they're yeah. both weird. Yeah. So... Well, oh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I, he's about to be potentially executed. And I always thought this um, gentleman measuring his neck, he creeped me out because he has this feather inserted in his skin. And every time he took it out, it always creeped me out as a kid. Well, that yeah. Terry Gilliam, he has little touches that do just, they're, they're little disturbing touches that he puts in his in his movies. Like uh, Guillermo del Toro almost. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there are some, there's some crossover between those two. Mm-hmm. There um, has to be. No, there is the, this funny bit here where he is singing that, what what did you call the opera, Meg? Oh, the Torturer's Apprentice? Yes. Uh, the song is great about the eunuch who was, quote, cut off in his prime. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty With good. With the falsetto voice? Yes. <laughs> cut was... off in his prime. Life is hard, but that's all. Oh my god! <laughs> and uh, you know, it's about your typical everyday torture chamber, is I believe what the Sultan yeah, said. Yeah. <laughs> While all... he's hitting yeah. the organ keys that are actually hitting yeah, slaves, that is so noises. that that couldn't be more Terry Gilliam. Oh, you know, God. Um, and I think that's the thing when you go into a movie like this, you have to you you have to say, okay, the rules, all the rules are out the window. Uh, this movie's just like do- that horse. Yeah, all, who just all, jumped all, about a hundred feet down. <laughs> he's got a whole crew of special people, though. He really does. He's he does. got like his little crew of that guy. He's got voice. Hawkeye. He's got the Hulk, and he's got Hawkeye's voice and... when he is old dr- creeps me. Oh, out. oh yeah, <laughs> I hate it. I absolutely hate it. He's got Big Titus. He's got <laughs> Big Titus. <laughs> That's because of cheese, Kimmy. <laughs> 
But yeah, they, they all have very specific gifts. Uh, one of them's a fast runner. The other one is a very precise shot. The other one's the strong man. And the other one uh, can blow like gale force winds. And he can hear really well. Yeah, that's funny because they, they talk about him as the guy who can blow gale force winds, which is cool. But he also not, has super not to be confused hearing. With the board game. Yeah, he can hear where... Um, what is his Eric name in the movie? <laughs> no, I was trying to remember his name in the movie. Uh, uh, Bronconius. No. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> um, you brony. the gale force winds. But yeah, uh, this whole wager with him. And I thought that was a little funny when the, the Baron comes down and his people are, he's like, I'm about to be beheaded in three minutes. Uh, because I don't have this bottle of wine for the Sultan. And they're like, well, that's not funny at all. He goes, it's not, it's not a joke. It's a wager. And then they all hop oh, to a wager. So, yeah. Then yeah. they start taking it seriously. Yeah. So presumably the, he gets death threats a lot. Yeah. Yeah. This, I, well, again, it's, assume. it's, it's the, it's the time Lord thing. This is not a new situation for him or his friends who hang out with them. They're used to this sort of thing happening. You know, and they're they're probably fairly. Oh, that guy's eyes are sewn shut. See, Ugh. that didn't oh, yeah. creep me out yeah, as much as the feather through the forehead scalp. God, that bugs yeah, me. Yeah, that that's Terry Gilliam. And meanwhile, and here the we go. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Sultan's this, wearing this, an the, onion size, an onion looking hat. <laughs> He's yeah. the Sultan, duh. And, and yeah, the, but and I the never... bit with the axe is so funny. They bring it back in the end of the movie. Yep. Oh yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be a good. Execution without smacking get him out. over the head get with out. it. <laughs> Just get out. I'll see myself out. The show's canceled. Bye, it's listeners. over. It was fun while it lasted. Uh, but his faithful servant makes it just in time for him to not get executed. But let's talk about the the differences watching it as a kid versus watching it now. Now, oh God. Uh, now, as somebody who saw it a lot as a kid, um. Now, when you watch it, sitting here in the studio watching it. Oh, I can't believe I was allowed to watch this. <laughs> but what is I it? I can't believe I was allowed to watch it now. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a pretty <laughs> dark movie. It's a very dark movie. People are dying everywhere. Yeah, war, war-torn, nondescript think, European you know, city. The one thing that did probably scare me as a kid was the angel of death. That was probably the scariest yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah the angel of it. death is pretty creepy. Pretty easy to put off, though. I got to admit, I'm not, I mean, if I lived in this universe, I wouldn't be that scared of yeah, dying. He, he might surprise you every once in a while, but you can shove him really yeah, hard. You and then just, yeah. yeah, you can just push him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can set him on fire. Like he he's just, quite incendiary. Yeah. He, <laughs> but he just keeps coming back. Yeah. Well, and, well yeah. death is relentless. Yeah. And that's what they're getting at. <gasps> oh. And so he wins his wager. Baron Munchausen makes a, uh, a wager. Uh, and what what is the Baron's full name? Is Hieronymus? Uh, I don't actually know. I was hoping somebody had it written down. Um, uh, no, normally, your nerdy Darth I, would yeah. have it written down. I know his no. first name is Hieronymus, which which is a cool name. Uh, if I was ever an R and B star, that's that would be my mm. my name. Why? Because Titus Andromedon is already taken. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just like it. So the Baron has a wager with the Sultan, uh, the Turk. Who um, who loses the wager, and as a result, he says to Baron Munchausen, "You can go to my treasury and take away as much as the strongest man may carry." Now, uh, bearing so, in mind that I've just seen you let w- you have one friend 
who can run faster than anyone else in the world. Maybe you might have a strongman that could take all of this from yeah. me. And so they pile up the strongman like Max in the Grinch yeah. like, with all the, yeah. the yeah. sled and the presents Just on top of them. the Sultan out. Yeah, yeah. And, and the the poor guy who's in charge of the treasury, you know, he, he just, he's doing his job, he's following his instructions, and what's his reward? He loses his head. Yeah. Yeah. But he winks at a fat chick. That I was mean, pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Tombstone moment right there. Yeah. <laughs> I love the comically large key to open up I know, the vault. It's so, <laughs> it's so, and he just carries it around with keys him. Keys are, are... He's the key master. Well, there are a, a couple of bits with keys, because when you do move on to the king of the moon and all that stuff, uh, the king of the moon and his queen are both giant in comparison to Baron Munchausen and the rest yes. of the crew. And they have to hold keys in their mouths because their bodies stay mostly separate from their heads. Yeah, we should we should go ahead and, and discuss the moon section cuz well, I guess the next thing that's good, the next big sequence in the movie is the uh, airship. Right. So, after uh the baron is done telling the audience about this one exploit and why the Turks are mad at him in the first yeah, place. Yeah, that's why the Turks are outside their door uh you know, trying to tear down the city is to get to him. So he thinks that he needs to assemble his crew again, and he'll take it on. And yeah, he so, said, "I started this fight. I'm the one who can finish it." So right, so Baron Munchausen, they, last blood. They build an airship <laughs> out of all the women's bloomers. Yeah, they got a lot of underwear. They got a lot. <laughs> it's <was> cold. Of, <laughs> a lot of underwear. Yeah, so they blow up this airship made out of ladies' underwear, and he flies off to the moon because you can just do that in yes. an airship made of underwear. Yes. Isn't that what President Kennedy said, that we would get to the moon by whatever means possible? And Baron Munchausen found a way. Uh, he I'm, did. I'm, I'm going to let y'all just... <laughs> You're just but, jealous. So you, yeah. you put the rope out there. <laughs> the, the little girl um, whose father is the Sally, yeah. main acting... or. He owns Ms. the main Ms. acting Mr. company. Yes, uh, she Salt. stows away on the ship, you know, to make sure she doesn't believe him. She wants to make sure that this is true and wants to help. Does help she the mean town. to stow away? Because she gets yeah. like stuck in the on the anchor. Oh, uh, she falls off after he's oh, trying okay. to yeah, lift up right, further. Right, so right. she stows away in the ship, mm -hmm. and then he's trying to lighten the load on the ship, throwing over things, and he accidentally throws her out. Well, and Baron Munchausen and Sally develop a rapport pretty early in the movie because when the theater is being blown apart by mortar and shrapnel and all this craziness that's going on outside sally uh bartold that's bartold, his name bartold <laughs> the fast bartold. runner but um sally actually finds the baron he's been knocked over by some debris or something and uh she's like are you really baron munchausen and she kind of buys into his act and so that's where he gets his first bit of energy because at first he's like just let me die i don't belong in this logical world anymore because it is the age of reason and he's like, there's too much science and math that explains away all the magic in the world. I'm I'm badly paraphrasing, but he basically said that the world is getting too small for him. Right. Yeah. And the acting company is actually being shut down by the governor. By Elizabeth. Governor Swan from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> he's so young Jonathan in this. Price. Yes. Uh, but yeah, basically because of the whole age of reasoning. And he even executes a sh soldier for bravery because it yes. was uh, yeah. demoralizing the rest of the soldiers. That was hilarious. He was like, so are you the soldier we've been hearing all this about? Like going above and beyond the pale and achieving this and accomplishing that? And he was like, yes, sir, that's me. He was like, cool, execute him immediately. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a very Gilliam thing, sort of pointing out the absurdity of the established bureaucracy. I mean, that's what all of Brazil was about. Oh, really? Yeah, I've know. not seen it. Um. He can't decide if he wants to watch it tonight or not. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, 
I kind of want to watch Brazil now, but then I think I I have other things that I could be doing also. <laughs> and that's sort of where I, I land. That a You're lot like of, the Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. You're like, this could or couldn't be. Yeah, like, honestly, <laughs> it, it really does depend. It, it's If I was in a really bad mood and I watched this movie, I'd probably hate it. Well, and if you do watch Brazil, one thing I read about this movie was that apparently Adventure of The Adventures of Baron Munchausen is seen as the kind of final part of an unofficial trilogy of films from Terry Gilliam. And so the I, other two are evidently Time Bandits and Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. Which... I've never heard that. And I, I saw that today. That's the I, I've never in my mind linked Brazil, Time Bandits, and Baron Munchausen together in any way. And well, apparently the trilogy it represents different stages of life. So the three films represent man in his youth, in middle age, and elderly. Yeah. So it's middle age man. <laughs> well, <and laughs> but which one is which? And it, it really that makes sense because I mean Brazil is all about a middle aged you know grown up guy who just has a miserable existence and he's rebelling against his existence and he's you know trying to you know, get freedom in his own life. And then in this one, we have the old man whose powers are fading and he right. just wants that one, you know, it's either he wants to die or he wants to be his old self. Those right. are the only two options. Right. Yeah. This listless stage in between is just not where he belongs. Cause he's always been so epic at the very right. least yeah. in his own mind. And it's taking a little page from Cyrano de Bergerac with that nose. I mean, look oh, at that yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, oh, I, I was thinking about that while I watched this movie. I was just like, oh, that nose. I know, and you can see where the real nose is. That's what that's what distracts me. Well, and apparently the nose was a bit of an issue for uh, John Neville. Yeah. John yeah. Neville. Uh, when he had the nose on, it was difficult for him to read and kind of see because it was a it was an impediment for him. So, Oh, can you imagine having that thing? It just... You know, constantly there. Well, because your eyes are so used to your nose because a lot of people don't realize that your eyes can see your nose at all times, but your brain has trained your eyes to ignore it, essentially. That's why you have to make an effort to look down and be like, oh, there's my nose. But with a nose like that, I mean, I don't know if your brain has that kind of capability to ignore something of that magnitude. It has its own zip code. It's almost a signature. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it suits him. Because he's a super eccentric guy, and uh, well, yeah, John Neville somehow that nose and that hair and that facial hair, and he pulls it off. Oh, yeah, it, it totally more. works. Seriously, when he gets he, to kiss Uma when Thurman, he, yeah, like youths up. I'm like, all right, you're attractive. I'm yeah. gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he he he's probably one of the only people on earth who can pull that look off. You know, I think the clothes help. Well, yeah, the eccentricity has to help. Yeah, yeah. it's what did uh, Katie say on her first episode? When you're poor and you're weird. You're just weird. Yeah. But when you're rich and you're weird, you're eccentric. Yeah, you're Elon Musk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he does eccentric very, very well. And he's got plenty of riches, as we saw from the Turk. So yeah. well, oh, but, he probably spent it all on women. Well, he doesn't well, need no, to. No, um, but, but the strong man stole the strong, it, didn't he? The strong man took it. Yeah. Oh, Because that's he right. says, like, I don't have it. I spent it. I mean, I give it to charity. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I gave it to charity. Charity's a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't say that. But there, there is a great line here where Sally first connects with the Baron because he, uh, what does he tell her? Because uh, they meet up and she wants to hear the rest of his story. And he goes, go away. I'm trying to die. <laughs> and uh, later they get up and she starts to run away from him when some more debris falls down from the ceiling. And he's like, no, where are you going? Come back. She goes, I thought you wanted to die. He goes, yes, but I'm old enough. <laughs> so yeah. that was cute. Yeah. And he does... 
I kind of like the the whole thing with with the girl just going out to tell everybody stop it. Yeah, you she know? goes to the edge of the wall and starts throwing rocks at the yeah. Turkish army. Yeah, she's just had enough and she's not going to take it anymore. Their I'm relationship kind of reminds me uh, of uh, the old man and the little boy scout from Up. Yeah, how he's just like old and crotchety, yeah. and then he I've eventually never seen like, loves up. to look. Oh my god! Can I please come in? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, and it's it's uh it's sort of like uh Connor McLeod and the young Rachel. Oh except that it's not in any way. Well but that not, does not even a little bit. But that does bring up Highlander. It does, which <laughs> there can uh, only be one. Which leads me to the connection. Uh th- there is an actual connection to Highlander because when I first started watching this movie, uh listeners, if you don't know this, Meg and I actually work together. So I walked into her office today and I was like you know what I thought when I was first watching this movie is that the the music sounds an awful lot like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. So I looked to see who did the scores, and you believe it, uh, it is Michael Kamen, yep. who not only did uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, he did X-Men and oh, he, Highlander. Yeah, he did a lot. And yeah. Die Hard, Jason, yeah, yeah. your favorite Christmas movie yeah. of all time. Well, because so. it's the best Christmas movie. Exactly. Um, well, there's another Highlander connection to this movie. Okay. They actually, Christopher Lambert, uh, Lambert, uh, who was He's Connor McLeod. Uh, he was from <laughs> lots really. of different places. Um, <laughs> he actually filmed scenes um, that that were supposed to be in the movie, but they were all cut. So Christopher Lambert was actually wah, supposed wah. to be in the movie. Yeah, I know, yeah. You can only kill <laughs> the Highlander if you cut his scenes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. He'll be here all week. Tip yes. your waitress. But yeah, this is... A- this is where Sally first sees that the Baron, whoa, he might not be full of it because she goes to yell at the Turks, like you said, to tell them to stop uh, blowing up her city. Death and is kind of stupid. <laughs> what do you well, mean? he's just ever present and always coming, I think. It's, it's, yeah, that, that's why it's the old man thing, is that death is always <laughs> yeah. coming for you, basically. <laughs> death, death literally looks over and goes, hey, you! Well, the Baron <laughs> takes d- a swipe at him. <laughs> Well, did, didn't you reap them, Grim Reaper, with your Grim Reaping equipment? <laughs> I tried that, but the women all they, know hopscotch, and, and they, they leapt over it. it. Oh, yeah, we got another Eddie Izzard yeah. fan in the studio today, too, guys, so get excited. And he's on wires. Better wire job than uh, Highlander. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Much better wire job than Seriously, Highlander. Seriously, though. No, but this is where Sally kind of sees that there's a little bit of credence to what the Baron has been saying, that he is the real Baron Munchausen. and He basically... She, rode two cannonballs in the air yeah. no no yeah. no he calls her a liar for that because she then goes and brags on him and confirms that he wasn't lying to the whole acting troupe and he calls her out he goes no you're lying it wasn't a cannon the first time it wasn't a cannonball it was some mortar like it was just some shrapnel i was hanging on to whatever but then on the way back it was a cannonball yes is what he says yes. he corrects her on it. he's because she's like he flew miles and miles and he's like it was more like a mile and a half <laughs> oh no i remember so, that but i just watching him put it in the actual cannon it looks like a cannonball no it does but the, when he does argue with her later he oh no i remember that yeah he, he fierce debate what is the answer cannonball or not that's I mean, why it, people, that's why sure people that's why like people one. tune into the show to hear answers like this and listen to us describing uh, me dialing back the um, the air conditioning. Yes, <laughs> that's, yes, that's that, that, we're that's live in the studio yes, discussing live, changing the temperature stuff. in our studio. So the um, <laughs> it's it's weird because I'm actually there's so much in this movie and it's so Terry Gilliam, but I'm trying not to just keep bringing up Terry Gilliam. 
but it's, no, it's, it's it hard. Smacks of it's Terry it's very hard. Um, it's clearly the biggest budget thing that Terry Gilliam ever did. To be honest, I kind yeah. of expect the Muppets to show up at any second in this movie. I'm not sure why. Well, I mean, if anything, they probably showed up on the moon. Yeah, yeah. That would have been cool. See, and this movie even makes me wonder if my universal rule of movies is universal. <laughs> I'm not sure I how effective he would be. I don't know, because uh, Meg, for, if you don't know, I have a, a rule that applies to every movie ever made in history, which is that no movie could not be improved by the addition of Batman. <clears throat> Pick a movie. It's better with Batman. But like uh, Legends Adam of the Darby's Fall, episode, we better with Batman. It. Big Trouble in Little China. Better with Batman, definitely. How? Because they would do shit together. It'd be like, you know, but they got Kurt it, Russell. They didn't need him, man. They got it done without no, but they don't. No, it's not that they would need him. It's just it would be a better movie. Mm. Kurt Russell and Batman. He's too serious. The movie was supposed to be funny. Wizard of Oz. Uh, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> Flying Monkeys versus that Batman. That would have been taken out <laughs> page one. Flying Monkeys. <laughs> Oh, God. Swear to me. Uh, I'm not wearing a witch costume. But, yeah, so you you kind of uh, lose Sally there for a second because Baron Munchausen calls her a liar. She gets upset after... Did she punch him in the junk? Like, is that what she did to him? She kicked him in the leg. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> <laughs> but he calls her a liar, so she hits him and runs off upset because... She... That's that's the analysis people tune in to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Junker leg. Either way. We answer the questions tonight. Um, and one thing uh, that I was sort of thinking when I rewatched it is I didn't expect Uma Thurman's role to be as big as I remembered it. It is interesting that uh, the actors in this company all look like his former right. members of his team yeah. and people that he's met, but they all claim that they've never met him. And right. It, you never know if it's real or not. That, well, it is I, I very think Wizard that's of Oz in that sense because yeah. the, the characters exist in the real and the fantasy world. Oh, yeah, fair. I so. think it's a, that's a genuinely clever way of doing this story is having him telling the story with all the characters right there, but they're not the characters. And then he tells the story with the characters, but now they're the characters. Well, it's right. a way of getting yeah. them to believe in the magic of it, too, is that if they yeah. can picture themselves there maybe they'll start to believe that it actually happened. Right. Plus, yeah. you cut down on costs if you just use the yeah, same actors and yeah. say they're different. Yeah. yeah, for budgetary reasons, we're doing this. Not creative at all. Not, um, not even a little. Yeah. But the uh, the strong man, Meg, do you know his name? What's the strong man's name? Mm. Oh, man. Regardless, do you know who he reminds me of? I uh, think another Robin Williams movie, the strong man in the, the clothes that he's in. Uh-huh. He was also a strong... No, 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 no. Think no. The clothes the, that he was in. The, the clothes that the strong man is in is like this right. big, like burlapy red thing. And Dead Poet Society. No. Oh. No. <laughs> but I no, it movie. makes me think of Hook because of the little boy oh, who was the yeah, cannonball yeah. who would oh, roll. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, that's funny. Hook, how that... Hook is a messed up movie. Oh, it's such a good movie. It's, it's good, good, but it's, it's it's a little messed up. It's a little weird. Yeah, it's mean. got some. It's got some. Uh, you know, it's it's out there. Um, it is a good movie. I mean, Dustin Hoffman. It makes me sad, but yeah, it's still it such a good movie. Bad you know, form. I, I, speaking of movies, and this is completely off topic, which has never occurred on this program That's never before. happened in the history of the ever, ever um, on this show. So you know how we're, my family is big Disney fans, and mm-hmm. we we realized that there was a Disney movie we had never, ever seen before. None of us had ever seen The Emperor's New Groove. <gasps> 
Oh my God. And for years and years, all I've heard was that it was a huge failure, which it was. It was financially speaking. Yeah, it, it didn't it, do it, too well. But surprisingly, cult classic. But it's so fantastic. I, we watched it last night, and I have to say, I absolutely loved that movie. Oh, it was fantastic. absolutely fantastic. David Spade yeah. was like perfect. Eartha oh, Kitt. Eartha, Eartha Kitt was, was incredible. Um, and Kronk. I can never remember the actor's name, but he's also Patrick, Joe. Patrick on... Warburton. Thank you. Dane. No, that's... Come on. Okay, now that uh, answers a question for me, Jason, because on our Death Race episode, I made a joke about Kronk being up against the wall like David Carradine uh, going, oh, Okay. <laughs> and, 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 you, and none of us laughed at it. I didn't expect Adam to get it, it but you didn't laugh. <laughs> and you're such a Disney person. I was like, what the hell? That was that's gold. Why. That's why. Yeah. No, in fact, you know, I've found out um in that movie in that part when he was humming his own theme music you know disney made him sign the rights over to that song he made Nuh-uh. it up he made it up on the spot and disney made him sign something giving oh them the god. rights to the theme disney. song i love him even more now <laughs> my god well okay so if you t- the, i sing that song a lot do i owe anything to disney oh yeah you got a royalty payment coming oh goodness do uh did either of you see the sequel no, oh, Kronk's New Groove? Uh-uh. Yeah, Kronk, oh, Kronk's that, New Groove. I knew that there was a TV show, but I, yeah. I don't think I ever saw the Kronk's Okay, because like all Disney sequels, it's probably terrible Frozen 2. I'm looking in My direction. My acorn is missing. And it's it's yeah. better left yeah. alone. Yeah, Frozen 2. Yeah, we don't need to go you. back to the days of uh, yeah. Michael Eisner. Eisner. No, yeah. just no. Yeah, the man who gave us Treasure Planet. If you're coming to Disney, bring oh, money. Yeah, Treasure remember Planet. Treasure Planet? Yes. Yeah. I never saw it. Yeah, of course you didn't. Just, Nobody just did. Just leave it at Muppets <laughs> yeah. Treasure Island, okay? <laughs> Here's the thing about Treasure Planet. Just uh, two weeks ago, Walt <gasps> Disney announced they're making a live-action Treasure Planet. Oh. Well, I mean, they can't ruin it. They're yeah. making live-action everything now. That's just the trendy freaking thing to do. Well, they're running I'm out so of shit to do. Already. Yeah. No, That's just, why they're making a bazillion Marvel movies because that universe is massive. They yeah. could ride yeah. that gravy train for years. Well, that, yeah. that, but the material's already there. It's not like they're just tossing these things together. I'm waiting for the material's already there for a live action. The movie yeah. was already made. They're just making it with real okay. people. Yeah. I, 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 oh, speaking I, of which, I'm ready. You, oh, do you yeah. guys see the announcement of who's playing Ursula in the live action? No, uh, Little Mermaid. Uh, Eartha Kitt. No, she's dead. <laughs> I would love that, but that she's so much she's better. so bony and frail. Like, That's she true. Could, Queen Latifah. Oh, that's right. I remember seeing that. Because yeah. everyone was in a hizzy fit on who was playing Ariel, and then I looked up the rest of the cast. Well, Lindsay Lohan was trying to sort of promote herself to be the uh, live-action Little Mermaids, and Matteo Lane made a fantastic joke. He's this comedian on the lake. He was like, oh, I didn't know mermaids could smoke underwater. <laughs> like, well, so... well, it's sort of like saying, hey, you know all those stories about movies being in production hell? Let's go ahead and hire Lindsay Lohan and get all those all those great stories and people yeah. will talk about this movie forever. Oh God. The publicity would be real. Yeah. She's, she's too messed up to be in a Disney movie. Uh, but yeah. So Queen Latifah, but so getting back to Baron Munchhouse. Oh, and I figured you said uh Muppet treasure Island and I figured out why I expect the Muppets to show up in this movie. Cause he, Baron Munchhouse is in the Tim Curry outfit from Muppet treasure. Island. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's yeah. why I was, I was like, what is it that's, that keeps, you know, clicking in my head that makes me think that the Muppets are going to show up. That's why. It does have sort of a Muppets feel to it. It really yeah, does. Yeah, it really yeah. does. Boy, that'd be, I, that'd be a good movie. It, I think it's probably all the props, the way that they're designed. Yeah, yeah that looks like a ship that Kermit would be, you know, Absolutely. driving. Does. Yeah. Well, especially in the beginning where you see the waves, the fake waves in the theater and like the big fake fish that swallows them and just, I don't know. 
But uh, yeah, he's dressed just like Tim Curry. Not from It, mind you. From Muppet Treasure Island. No, not from It. Um, Big difference. So the... um, God, this is a long movie. Yeah, yeah I forgot how long it is. Long. Yeah, oh. because literally the scene we were talking about, I think an hour and a half ago, uh, uh, about Something the airship, like when we said, what's the next thing that happens? Oh, it's the airship. That's just happening. 40 minutes later. <laughs> but yeah, first of all, you have to collect the uh, the pantal- or the undergarments of all the ladies so that Take you Take off can... your knickers. <laughs> you, uh, oh, there is a good bit, though, where I... Uh, he's smooching all the ladies in the acting troupe, and he's like, you look like Catherine the Great, who I had the pleasure of turning down with a proposal, or whatever. She proposed to him, and he turned her down. That's what he says to Venus, too, right? He said, that's yeah. like his pickup line, apparently. But with the women, uh, the guys in the acting troupe were like, they all remind you of Catherine the Great? He goes, yeah, and, bits and, here and bits there. <laughs> some ways or another. <laughs> yeah. But because later, when he does say that to Uma Thurman on her own, when she's Venus coming out of the, the shell... Um, he goes, oh, you remind me of Catherine the Great. And uh, what's his name? Bertolt. How do you say it? Bertolt. Bertolt. He's like, oh, God, here we go <laughs> in the background because that's just Baron's pickup line when he yeah, sees and an attractive I mean, lady. Yeah, and Venus just falls for him. Which is weird because why would a goddess be like impressed? Oh, I look like a human. I think Sweet. the, I think the volcano so husband. damn... Charming. Charming. Yes. It's well, that, it, that twinkle they give on his tooth when he smiles. Yeah. And I think her husband keeps her kind of under lock and key from what I can tell. And it seems like kind of a game for their, their relationship Which dynamic. is weird because I'm, I'm going to whack some knowledge on this. Aphrodite is actually married to Hephaestus, the god of the forge. So I don't know where they in get this Vulcan you, name from. In case you guys don't is remember Vulcan Meg. Vulcan the Roman version? Uh, yes. Meg but is But did our they call resident. her Venus? I thought they called her Aphrodite. I can't remember. Oh, it's been a minute. No, so the, she's no, the Roman Venus. The Romans called her Venus. The yeah. Greeks right. called her Aphrodite. But in this yeah. movie, yeah. did they call her Venus or did they no, call her No, she's Venus in the movie. Oh, okay, well yeah. then that's fair. Yeah. I thought they um, called her Aphrodite. But I don't, I don't know if, if Vulcan is the... He's, he's the god of... I mean, he's... The god of diamonds the god and volcanoes. Of, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know Roman names as well as yeah. I do Greek, so... I mean, <laughs> he he's the only god who got a whole discipline of science named after him, though. Yeah, Vulcanology. And a death grip. The study of Vulcans. Yes. <laughs> Come on. And and big explody mountains. Yes. Wh- whatever those are called. Ex- Volcanoes. Those, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is the boom boom. Weird that they live them. in yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. No, but her husband kind of keeps keeps her under lock and key, the one that was apparently Pepe Le Pewing her in real life yeah. <laughs> that she didn't want anything to do with. But he gives her sweet diamonds every day. Apparently like, yeah. those aren't yeah. that big of a deal in that economy. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. In the, another yeah. diamond. Yeah, oh, what is she side. going to do with the diamonds? Sell it on eBay? I mean, you yeah. know, what's, you know, ooh, I'll take it to De Beers and... Yeah, and he, but to be fair, Vulcan does have a lot of stress. He's got a lot of labor disputes, you know. Um, a lot of Cyclopses. Yeah, he's basically running the factory. Yeah, he's, he's management, you know. Well, he relabeled them as Cyclopses to get around that last legal dispute because they were <laughs> actually losing eyes during production. Yeah. So that. And he makes a nuclear uh, nuclear missile. Yep. You know. Oh, that's, yeah. that's right. Social I loved all the way he pronounced. <laughs> the way we that he pronounced in. everything was just funny. Yeah. Well, he kind of reminds me of Nick Offerman a little bit with how gruff and his beard. I don't know. He's just got a little bit of a Nick Offerman look in this movie, uh, minus the red body paint. But Oh, but they finally made it to the moon. Yes. yes. Uh, one eternity later. 
But no, and this part reminds me of Pirates of the Caribbean 3 at World's End. Oh, because, yeah. Because, like, how they reach uh, the end of the world and, you know, how the world turns upside down. And that that's how they. It's just a giant flat earther conspiracy. Oh, my it's, God. <laughs> it's, it promotes the flat earther theory. But anyway, I, it, I know, once again, Pirates came so much further along after this, but it. it it has that same sort of quality to it where there's a mysticism to, I know they were trying to get to Davy Jones locker in Pirates of the Caribbean. In this case, they're trying to get to the moon, but they fall out of the sky and then land on the moon. Yes. And it, it's all magic. Yes. Yeah. There's, what do they and, say and in Highlander? There's, it, it's a kind of, magic. it's a kind of magic. Yeah. 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 But this is the, the first scene where you see him start becoming uh, more youthful because of, you know, the he sense of adventure. Euthanized. <laughs> yeah. Reverse yeah. Adventure, but... Euthanizing. Yeah. That's not what moon sand looks like. I mean, it's far too coarse. Um, Are they by the Sea of Tranquility? <laughs> you see it, it is, and they're now, missing this huge this, guy. This scene uh, has some some proper Terry Gilliam art in it because the entire city yes. is just a giant Terry Gilliam. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you would even call it. Construct. Teeniverse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost like they made all these props for a theater stage that they're just running by each other, and you hear all this applause, but it's just buildings. You're like, oh, yeah. the, the cardboard buildings well, it's, it's, are the well, inhabitants of the moon. <laughs> see, uh, I don't know if you noticed that, but it's interesting. This is all clockwork, and the crowd is clockwork. Uh-huh. And the yeah. only reason I know that is because Welcome if you if you have the closed captioning on, time. you hear the it, it has the description gears winding up. You kind of hear the gears, yeah. too, as they're... You know. Yeah, but it's very explicit that it's and like, oh, movie- this is just a clockwork oh, yeah. thing that somebody's turning up and then letting it run. And There's the movie- no one else on Which- the moon but these two guys. And there's such there's such creepy music playing in the little parade as they go through the clockwork town. Yeah. But yeah. But it turns out it was a trap all along because somehow the king of the moon knew that Baron was gonna come up there. Eventually. It's not a trap because it at is. first yeah. it's a trap. Yeah, he traps him. Boom. Oh trap. Okay, now see this just shows how I've got you at last. How little I paid attention to this movie while I watched it. But yeah, there's Robin Williams with, um, I think there's that, it's that 90s toy that he looks like that looks like oh, Saturn. yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. That's exactly I what I was thinking. The, the, I know the, what, what was that called? The, uh, you bounced the, on it. Yeah, the proper name for it. It looked like the planet Saturn. There was a oh, kickball in the middle yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what was the name of the toy? Um, we discussed it on Adam Darby's episode. Is it a moon bounce? I know there Maybe. were moon shoes. There were moon shoes, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's called moon bounce. Okay, it might have been, but either way, I, I gotta use the restroom. I gotta call somebody real quick. You guys, just yeah. carry on. Sure. No, we're gonna sit here in awkward silence for a yeah, period of time. Let's let him open and close the door. Okay, so yeah, I can never remember the actual proper name for that toy. I remember the skip it and the moon shoes, but whatever. But Robin Williams looks like that 90s toy that you used to balance on. Uh, and he's got, what's going on with his hair? Is it, is it a column? The, it oh, so like... they, they remind me of uh, the scrolls on uh, uh, like violins and uh, cellos oh, at the top. Which, yeah? which makes sense when you see his wife because his wife has the scroll that a violin would have and then she has strings coming down. See, as a musician, you know that. I, I do. That <laughs> never would have occurred to me ever. So that's cool. And I don't know what it is about the little girl. Sally looks like somebody in... I've got, I've just got it in the back of my head. It'll come to me eventually. But uh, she she looks like a character from another movie uh, that I've seen. Just the specific look that they've given her with the ratty little clothing. And oh, the, um, she reminds me of... You and I share a brain. Come on. Like Nicole Richie when she was a kid? 
No, no, no. It's an actual character that I'm thinking of. I just can't remember who it is. Uh, Either way. Um, so what's your take on the King of the Moon? Because he, it's kind of like Jason said. He's sort of a mixture between Popeye, Mork, with a little bit of, a, you know. So, yeah, he's like all-knowing, one with the cosmos, can create and do anything when he's separated from his body but then when mind and body come together the body takes over and has you know carnal needs <laughs> well it's not just that yeah because i wrote down one of his lines where he was like oh uh it's it's hard to believe my body and i were ever attached which is kind of funny he has almost a genie like moment in the beginning where he's just sort of rattling off all these different jokes and uh, his company is just kind of overwhelmed with how silly and crazy he is. But then later he's like, I don't have time for flatulences and orgasms. He doesn't yeah. want to be re <laughs> reconnected with his body. So there's that. Oh, what does he say when he, he just created? Spring. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just I just made it. It's a thing. Uh, but he's he's so... Uh, he's eccentric, in, but I love it. Eccentric, but he's like a little spacey. No, no pun intended on that one. But he's just like... Yes, uh, since the last time you saw me, Baron, uh, now I've taken over the cosmos, and I, I rule the sun, and the, I rule everything, and it just, it's just crazy. And then he reconnects, and it, you know what this is reminding me of, those collars, and I'm, I'm sure the aluminum collars on him were for special effects reasons, so that they could put him in, like, uh, a, a suit and black him out later. Uh, when he's just supposed to be a floating head or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But you know what the collars remind me of on him and his wife are the collars from Men in Black when... Um, oh, no, no, not Men in Black. Wild Wild West, where they put... Oh, they put yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. What's his name Will in real Kevin Klein and Will Smith in those metallic collars and they keep smacking back into each other. Yeah. And then there are those blades that come chasing after them. That's what it reminded me of, even though this movie predates that. But I didn't see this movie before then, so... But the, yeah, you're what? Okay, now that I think about it, their hair, yeah, it does kind of look cello, like violinish. So that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, she even she has little windpipes on her uh, on her windpipe actually <laughs> on her collar. Uh, <laughs> what do you know? Oh yeah, but the king's head is always trying to separate from his body because they hate being attached to each other. Yeah, they seem like polar opposites. Which is funny because when the king's body dies, his head does separate and he's free and. Kind of like the genie. He's like, oh, I'm finally free. I'm free. <laughs> oh, blow this pop stand. But yeah, it's... It, oh, God. see, that's what I remember is the head spinning and the uh, spinning off of his shoulders. That was in the... Because I watched the preview for this movie when you first mentioned that you wanted to do it. I was like, oh, I've never heard of this movie. Let's let's check it out. And I watched the preview and I was like, this movie looks freaky AF. And you know what? It is. It is, but I still love it. But uh, so, yeah, the uh, King of the Moon has now trapped Baron and Sally in a cage, uh, yep. you know, for trying to get with his wife, even though she is like a million times bigger than him. Yeah, I don't know. The proportions I, are I don't know how that works. I don't. Who knows? I, d I don't want to know, really. <laughs> but yeah, they're just in this little cage, Sally and the Baron now. And meanwhile, the King and Queen of the Moon are just dealing with each other because... It, it's funny that Jason brings up that the volcano guy was chasing after Uma Thurman all this time because the queen of the moon is constantly being pursued by the king when his body is whole. So when when it's just Robin Williams' head, he's like, ah, yes, 
I'm thinking about this and I've created that and the cosmos are one and we're all together and it's beautiful. But then he gets attached to his body and the male impulses take over and he's just all over his wife and she's like, stop, stop. Like, it's, it's very Pepe Le Pew. He's just <laughs> chasing her around constantly. And she's like, I And it's know. all ad-libbed. Is it really? <laughs> well, I, mean, I know. Probably I know. Most usually the, did that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've discussed this before, Jason. Where like you said that there would be scripts of. Um, well, yeah, like Robin Williams would 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 just get a cue to do his thing. Yeah, like well, you said that in Liar Liar, where it would even be written <clears throat> in the script where yeah. dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. Jim Carrey does his thing. Yeah. Dialogue, 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 and then you'd sew it up on either end. But with Robin Williams, I think most movies just gave him the license to do that because he was so talented. Well, yeah, and I, I mean, I, I think part of that might have been the fact that he was doing it for free. Well, yeah, but this is, but sadly enough, like this is not one of my favorite Robin Williams appearances, and no, I don't know if it's no. just because the character doesn't appeal to me or what it is, but I just don't find it funny. It well, does, the character is genuinely repulsive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but I think they're supposed yeah, to be. Yeah. Okay. And he's he's I my favorite thing in this entire sequence is is when. Uh, Sally asks the Baron why the Queen is making those noises, and he says, "Oh, oh the oh, King is, is with uh, her body tickling, tickling her, her feet." feet. And then it and then it, it cuts to them actually tickling, her, tickling feet. her feet. Yep, that's that's good. Still not a kids movie. <laughs> no, it was not suggestive, even but I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ask your no, head. I mean we're not making fun of you for that. That's yeah, literally ask your the Catholic whole... grandmother. Oh, dearie lass, <laughs> you will never be watching this movie again. You know, if you ever asked her how many times her and my grandpa got together, they would say eight because she had eight children. Oh my god! <laughs> would, 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 she, would she own up to all eight? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> I mean, she's Catholic, so I mean, there's there's precedence for you know. It was eight. Yeah. Precise, <laughs> and that was yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but they've they finally found Bert Hold on the moon where the Baron left him. Yes. Well, and what's funny is there's this bit a little bit later where Bert Hold is like, <laughs> "You sorry. left me here. You abandoned me and left me for twenty years to suffer in a prison, and now you just show up and expect me to follow you to the ends of the earth." Yes. Okay, then let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and yeah. here's what I was talking about: all this bendy, windy head nonsense where. I it kind of makes me think about Rick and Morty when they were kept in a little terrarium. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the that's actually what I thought when he when he first put them on the uh, the display shelf. Yeah, yeah. Uh. That's, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I, I watched this, and there's so many times that I feel sorry for the actors. You know, like having to walk in all wobbly, like, oh, I don't have a body. You're just going to digit, you know, not digitally, but you're going to mask out my body well, later on. Acting is hard enough in and of itself. And I know we've mentioned the fact to anybody who's not worked on a, a movie set, for instance, like when you see a club scene or a dancing scene of some sort, how there's not actual music playing. And how awkward that is for all the actors yeah. on set because you're you're acting like you know. Uh, Except that one dude that everybody hates. Oh yeah, that one dude. Uh, he can just jump. He's just always dancing. Seriously, no. But they give you like a metronome, maybe like a very quiet version of the song if you're lucky. But either way, I can't even imagine going to these kinds of lengths where you have to pretend that you're a floating head. And I'm sure I mean, it was Zach no problem Ra for Robin Williams. And though. But Zach Braff even did it on Scrubs, where he would have oh, his little, yeah, floating head doctor. Yeah, he's like, and you know, his his body would be setting itself on fire while his head was off doing karaoke or something. But yeah, it's just, yeah. it's it's so awkward. And it's a kids movie. Yeah, because Robin Williams <laughs> is he's tickling her feet with a feather. Yep. 
fine i'm sure oh but the stuff he says is just so naughty like he's i wipe everything away (laughs) i wipe everything (laughs) (laughs) but it looks like he's got a a camera stashed away and like he's wearing a gopro yeah Yeah. and he's what is he like duct taped his head to his shoulder or not even that the statue behind the bed his eyes light up like there's a camera inside oh god Gross. Yeah. Oh, I have just a... invented the internet and revenge porn. Ah. <gasps> oh, but um, I do love this part because they they cut off a lock of the queen's hair from the moon and they're tying it together because that's how they're going to yes. get off the moon. <laughs> they're yes. basically going to tie it around the end of the moon and climb down to Earth. After yes. the queen gets all pissy for being rejected when she's like, take me with you, Baron. And he's like, without your body and she goes oh is that the only reason why you liked me and he's like well duh but <laughs> and it kind of leads to a almost wily e. coyote moment when they're yeah, climbing yeah, down the yeah. rope they, they run out of hair and so baron's like oh here uh take this and tie it to the end where'd you get that and he turns out the baron's just been cutting the hair from the top and tying it at the bottom and they keep climbing down until they realize that there's nothing holding them up at the top and they fall down. Well, that's yeah, very wily coyote. Well, there's that reminds me of the scene later when, when the Baron is underwater and he pulls himself up by, by his, his hair. By his hair. Him yeah. and, oh, his yeah. and his horse. Yeah. And his horse. Yeah, yeah, and his horse. Well, and that's what's funny is that it, his lack of logic is almost the through line of this. It's like the gopher and Caddyshack. It's what ties everything together because honestly... It is Wiley Coyote in the sense that they're not going to fall. It's not Wiley Coyote walking off the cliff edge that makes him fall. It's his sudden realization that he did it. Because when uh, the guy's like, where'd you get the rest of this hair? I cut it from the top, obviously. It's such little kid logic. Yeah. Funny, yeah. Funnily enough about that, if you've ever watched uh, the Looney Tunes kids, mm-hmm. uh, what was the kids one? Tiny Tunes. Tiny Tunes. So they're in school for that kind of humor. And one of the mm-hmm. episodes, Buster is like, now remember, guys, close your eyes the entire time, and then you'll make it across, because if yep. you look, you'll fall. <laughs> <laughs> so they close their eyes, and they run off a cliff, and they make it to the other side, because they didn't look down. It's actually brilliant when you think about it. You know, they're, you they're, they're <laughs> using the rules of their universe correctly. Yeah, because you can't have logic in these adventures. They're almost right. uh, mutually well, exclusive. See, and that's one thing that kind of takes away from from the movie for me is the lack of consequence because yeah. when you're about halfway through the movie, you start realizing nothing. They literally, whatever they get into, they're going to get out of. So it's without just, much you almost effort from see the Baron that, either, but you almost see the, the despair and almost the fall of the Baron when he gets eaten by the fish and he is, you know, yeah. is basically resided himself to die there right. inside the fish. He's given up and he's, turned old again at that point i think it's my favorite sequence in the whole movie is the uh the shot of all of the ships inside the the sea monster oh no, see, i, I really liked it when uh uh the strong man picks up every anchor from the ship and starts yeah. trolling them around and hurls them at the turks yeah yeah it's a very he, he is he is very movie. strong and the strong man as far as aging goes he really did the best they put some baby powder along his temples <laughs> yeah. and yeah. called it a day. Yeah, he looks exactly the same age. He hasn't aged a bit, well, especially compared to, um, uh, I can't remember their names, the guy with the sharpshooter and the guy who can blow... Uh, Gustavus. Gustavus. Because they aged badly. Like Gustavus for the rest of us. Really badly. Yeah, I mean, most of them did. Yeah, I mean, the sharpshooter guy, 
His voice when he ages is the creepiest thing in the universe, and I hate it, and I never want to hear it again. <laughs> but <they're, laughs> but yeah. you're gonna. But they're all old. Like Meg was pointing out to me, the fact that Baron Munchausen is the only one that bounces around in age. The rest of them are apparently stuck with, uh, you know, temporal aging. Well, because so. I think it's because they all have their own superpower, and I think the Baron's superpower is his yeah. his eternal yeah. youth yeah. and hijinks. Yeah, he's the Time bit. Lord. Yeah, yeah, he is. And, and here's Jason's most hated sequence. Oh, yeah. Venus on the half shell. shell. It really can't <laughs> No, all you this, see so. is the one booby. Yeah. Just the one. Just, and, just the one. And you got to keep an eye oh, out for it. Oh. You have to know that it's happening. Oh, bit of boob. <laughs> yeah, because it just... Just this big dramatic yeah, reveal. Yeah, there we go. Uma Thurman starting her movie career. Naked. Naked. Like and she's been like, in the like movies many, now many, for... Like many, many, many other actresses. <laughs> it was just movie. an innocent modeling <laughs> job. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, Uma Thurman's a, she's a terrific she's, actress. She's been around for yeah, years. You know. Um, I don't care for her that much. I think Uma Thurman is very polarizing. I think people either really like her or You're really You're going to miss don't. the boob shot. Yeah, you better pay it's attention, right Jason. You don't want to miss right that. Oh, was that a nipple? That's it. That's all you get to see. But <laughs> it's a kid's it, movie. It was there. <laughs> and then I love that they just sort of clumsily and badly wrap her in cloth, and then it turns into a dress. Hey, how magic works. Yeah. We talked about this. <laughs> it's a pretty dress, though. I want that dress. Yeah, she. Uh, it's. It is kind of funny because she is one of those characters that doubles because she's one of the actresses in yeah. the troupe, and then of course she. Because uh, at first it seems like Baron Munchausen doesn't differentiate between women. He'll. He's happy with just about anybody, but then you see that Uma Thurman's the one that he likes the best because she's the one who winds up in his story. Yeah. And, you know, Vulcan comes across here like, uh, how do I say this politely? Like Venus hadn't been putting out in a while. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> and I, I think mythologically standing, she doesn't really like him because mm. Hephaestus slash Vulcan is supposed to be this like deformed yeah. being that is, you know, stuck to a forge. Yeah. And yeah. she cheats on him a lot. Well, wouldn't you? <laughs> when he's very clearly marking his territory, he's like, this is Venus. You know, my, my wife. wife. <laughs> my wife. That's how he kind of says it, too. My Does wife. He? I, didn't, I didn't catch that when I watched it. My but, love. My life. Yeah, he compresses a piece of coal into a diamond for her. Yeah. And she's just so not impressed by that. No. He no. pulls it out from his crotch, too. You see all that, that yeah. work he's kind of pulling out? Yeah. Got yeah. to remind you where his rocks are. Well, yeah, because, yeah, you know, he's there's so much little room down there. It was a, uh-huh. it was, it was hard to stuff it out. Wah, wah. Yeah. Sorry, Falcon. It, it, it's, it's a strange sequence. Um, no two ways about it. Um, but I... Stranger than any of the rest of the sequences, or I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm no, it's it's not as strange as the moon she, sequence. The sorry, moon sequence Jason, wins. She like pets him like a dog because he presents her with this diamond that's the size of my thumb, which yeah, and, is pretty impressive. But she's just like, thank you, yeah. and just sort of strokes his head like a dog. It's well, great. and then she hands the diamond to the two actresses who look like nobody told them what to do. They just you know sort of like go sit over there. She's gonna hand you a dime and do something. Yeah, you know? do something with They're, it. They, well, you know, uh, what, do I put my arm up? Like apparently this? Madonna's uh, not correct. Diamonds are not a girl's best friend. Mm. Uh, but the Baron is just utterly infatuated <laughs> yeah. with her, and almost the story ends here because he wants to dance with her forever. Yeah, that could have yeah. been the end of the movie. She's almost like a and siren. Then in that Sally, sense. Sally reminds them of the. Uh, the goal at well, hand. Well, she has to remind him throughout the movie. She's like, hello, my family and all my friends are under siege and this attack. And what's funny is that he's like, 
no, they're totally fine. And she goes, well, how do you know? He's like, I just know. And meanwhile, it flashes back and the barricades are being yeah, broken down. Yeah. And there's some mortar and explosions happening everywhere. It's insane. Yeah. But they, it, there's when she when Uma Thurman looks at him, I half expected his little rat tail ponytail to stick straight yeah, up like yeah, alfalfa yeah. from yeah. the little rascals. Yeah. Boing. He made the rat tail cool. The only hu- the only human being in history to pull that off. Everything about him is so weird, but it works. And Vul- Vulcan having steam coming out of his ears is just that that crossed the line. So to, cartoonish. To, yeah, that's it's like the, now that's it's now it's, it's Hanna Barbera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've that crossed. balances the nipple out. <laughs> He's now snidely whiplash or dig dastardly. Yeah. <laughs> He's on that kind of come level. and see the ballroom. I I I, I don't want to see Vulcan's ballroom. Mm. Um, Neither does Uma su- Thurman. That's why he's so I, I suspect off. it's where you hang the balls up of all the people you didn't like. Um, or her flute, or that, flirted with his wife. Yeah, yeah. Fluted. Well, and what's I don't understand this little sidetrack right here because yeah, Uma Thurman is obviously trying to rile up her husband by. Well, no, you don't really realize that until the end when Vulcan gets pissed and throws them all into a whirlpool except for her, and she's like, "Well, wait, did didn't I excite you? Wasn't that fun? Like, and it's like, oh, she's messing with classic him. cuckold well, fantasy. Uh, I, <laughs> it was either that or she was, you know, trying to get herself." Out of trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. possibly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she is, yeah, because, you know, gods and goddesses, they were just doing this shit all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah they, they just, mess fuck know. with each other. Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, her dad probably made her get married to this guy and probably, like, turned his foot into an elk that had sex with her or some other creepy-ass weird shit that happened. Like you do. Yeah, because, I mean, they were just bored and coming up with this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Hey, after you've spent an eternity doing everything you want to do, I mean, what else are you going to do but mess with others around you? Yeah. Uh, but what I think is really funny is how Bertolt thinks that he's just going to distract Vulcan. Look at me dancing all awkwardly. That'll and distract yet you it from works. The, yeah. It does, but it's like that'll distract you from your wife cheating on you in the well, room next well, door. Well, because Bertolt, I mean... Uh, um, uh, the Kurgan, whatever his name is, Vulcan. <laughs> uh, he's he's looking at him and thinking, God, you used to be so funny in Monty Python. What happened? Yeah, he's pretty funny in this. This is uh, this is one of the few post Python Eric Idle things that he's, that he's he, doing his ministry. Of I just watched yeah. him actually in Casper, and I was like, Oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> yeah, that's that's rough. That is very rough. Why it did is. you watch that? I have a two year old. <laughs> yeah, she's got a kid, yeah. so she's got reasons. But yeah, it just, I don't know. Yeah, meanwhile. (laughs) Meanwhile. This set, though, do you know how much water they're pumping out? Oh, yeah. Like, my God. No, this movie, I mean, when you you look at this movie, you kind of think, how did it only cost $40 million? How did they not go over budget even more? So good. I wanted to be on that particular set as a kid. Yeah. It was like, cool. It's just that, and, but what's really interesting about this whole movie is that you could have taken the set scratched every single actor and rewritten an entirely different story to fit it mm-hmm. like you the set itself okay let's scratch everything and from the actors up just keep the set and start over well, see and, and that's the sad thing about a lot of movies like this is that probably when the movie was over with all the sets got immediately chipped into scrap wood and thrown yeah. in the garbage you know, well, they don't save, they don't do that anymore. They don't really save stuff. Well, they preserve, they, I don't know. It depends on the movie, I think, because the Harry Potter franchise, they've preserved all of those sets. You can tour them well, these days. Yeah, that, that's a little, that's such a huge. Yeah. I mean, they know, they knew that they could make money off of it. Yeah. No, but that's what I'm it. saying. It yeah. depends on the success of the movie. If you're talking about how this movie got torched in the box offices oh, yeah, by its yeah. own, uh, 
its own company and you could only show it in 117 places throughout all of the yeah. United States. Well, and that's then, assume- yeah, that, not, why would they preserve anything? Yeah, but from that's it? assuming you didn't send more than one print to a theater. Oh, they had yeah. 117 prints of the movie, but they would probably send two or three to a theater and you know in a in a big market. Middle of, yeah. yeah. So if you live, I mean, like this movie didn't play anywhere near me whenever I was a kid. I didn't see this movie. I didn't see this That's movie. It. This movie it, came was out this the year. Movie big at all over in the UK? Because I, I, have I mean, I only had this movie on VHS. That's the only way I know. I, I think that it, the number I saw was VHS. that it grossed something like uh, eight or nine million. Oh, yeah, that's sad. I mean, it, it was it was. And yet Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 92 percent. Well, it's it's sort of one of those rehabilitated movies. You know, it's a movie that at the time it totally flopped. But then years later, people go back and give it another look and they realize, no, wait a minute. I mean, regardless of what you think about the movie, it shouldn't have been that much of a flop. You know, well, it's, it's, it's like oh. The Emperor's New Groove. And there are so many <laughs> different factors involved in a movie's success that have nothing to do with how good or bad it even is as a film like you've got people cutting certain things like you said uh christopher lambert's part being cut uh i mean even highlander when it came out it got stomped by uh it was a john hughes movie i can't remember if it was pretty in pink or i think it was pretty in pink it might have been um either way it got completely flattened by a movie that was going to kick the crap out of it but with this movie it became a cult classic regardless, obviously. It's not one oh, yeah. of my favorites, but yeah. still. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, this is like, this movie was engineered to be a cult movie. Like, it yeah. knew it was never going to reach a status above that, so and maybe I, that's why Terry Gilliam just went for it. I think he's okay with that, you know, because you got to remember, I mean, Terry Gilliam, this is a guy who, he... How much did Monty Python grow? That's what I'm saying. I mean, I, the guy's making money, you know. Yeah, and I mean, you want to talk about a cult yeah, classic? Yeah. I mean, you know, just you know, I mean, one of the m- movies they made has grossed God knows how much money, you know. Plus, they've got the TV series. I mean, yeah, Terry Gilliam's not hurting. Um, so yeah, he, John Cleese or like mm. any of those guys, really. Well, well, John Cleese got divorced, so he's Ooh, he, he's having he and, he's he having, Johnny are hanging out now. Yeah, he's having to make a lot of commercials. Uh, oh, that sucks to pay the bills. Yeah. So I don't know if anybody else does this when they're watching a movie, but so Vulcan is throwing them all into the whirlpool. Does anybody else, when people get stuck hold in water, breath. hold their breath? <laughs> Hell yes, I do. <laughs> I did that. I think I set my record when um, I was watching Deep Blue Sea on loop as a kid. Because Tom Jane can hold his move, his can hold his breath in that movie for like eight minutes at a time. It's this is a long insane. one. I'm currently holding my breath right now, which yeah, is impressive. She, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but yeah, I have definitely played talking that game makes before. it worse. Well, yeah, but I uh, I've totally done that game before. Absolutely, so I can relate to you on that one. Vulcan uh, and Venus have a good relationship. I think they're gonna make it. It's so. Healthy. I think they are. You know. Hey, they keep that spark alive. I think AB- I, I, I think jealous. I see an ABC sitcom in the future. <laughs> and like Beatrice and yeah. Benedict yeah. later yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, straight to the moon, Alice. We'll get John Goodman and no, no. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Ask who? Vulcan or yeah, Benedict? Vulcan. No, it's Vulcan. I was like, what? No, it's Vulcan. I know he's looking kind of sack well, of bones right now. Well, he lost his. He lost a lot of weight. He did. Yeah. yeah. But now his body just needs to retract. But yeah, uh, this was awesome. Oh no, we're in the Upside Down. (laughs) We were talking about that earlier on. Uh, How it's another Pirates of the Caribbean moment where the world, uh, they have to turn their ship upside down in order to reach the ends of the earth to get to Davy Jones' locker. 
But um, yeah, it's a, I, there's so many similar aspects. I would never have thought of that. But um, yeah, this is a story all about how the Baron got stuck in the Upside Down. So there you go. Yeah, That's my wrapping segment was, for today, that listeners. Was, thank you. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. I know you love it when I do that. But yeah, <laughs> you almost get a Titus Andromeda vibe. No, I'm telling the, you from the strong I'm telling man. You. <laughs> I can see it. Kimmy, Kimmy, Kimmy! Oh my goodness! You know I don't do water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is leading up to I think my favorite visual sequences in the, the giant movie. fish. Yeah, the, fish. The, yeah, the giant fish and the and and inside the fish. Well, and you know what? I wonder. It's very the, Pinocchio. Yes. Yeah, it's like that guy from the Bible who got swallowed by the whale. Except P- Pinocchio. Wait, somebody <laughs> got swallowed by a whale in the Bible? Hold on. Uh, that's, uh, a, that's a Futurama reference. Oh, okay. I thought you were I just making stuff up. Futurama. <laughs> no, but seriously. Um, yeah, it, it does have a Jonah and the whale feel, but uh, I wonder, with John Neville's background, because he was largely a stage actor, so you have to wonder, with all these set pieces and stuff, is it just Terry Gilliam? Or maybe did John Neville have some influence oh, over, sure. well, it, over it looking more like a stage production than it does a movie? Because I don't know of, if we, anybody had influence over Terry Gilliam. There's well, no then, way. Yeah. <laughs> well, because some of the notes that I read, it said maybe the director helped attract John Neville. So maybe the reason why John Neville agreed to be Baron Munchausen is because it was a very theater-looking movie. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, him having influence over it himself. So maybe that was what attracted him to the project in the first place. Yeah, and this this whole sequence with the fish, uh, you know, they see an island and, you know, very, very, you know, uh, Godzilla-like. I mean, this this whole and sequence, remi- it, it really reminds me of a Toho, you know, like, yeah. it's, well, like it's K for Kaiju. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, will, will, oh, it, will, it, will it eat us with any luck? Uh, and then it does. It eats them for no particular reason. They were splashing mean, around. I guess. But they're, they're so tiny. But yeah, exactly. A, a fish that big would have burned more energy going Swallowing after them. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. they were no bigger than a worm would be to a regular size fish. I mean, it's the movement that attracts mm, them. Yeah. But okay, now, Jason, you're trying to shoehorn logic into a movie that has said, in particular... Just, I was just pointing it out. It's got no room for logic, so... That's not how you have an adventure. Oh, yeah. Now, you see how they did the weathering on these ships. Uh, that's very intricate model building. Uh, you. Uh, <laughs> What's all the stomach acid? <laughs> it eroded the varnish. Johnny Depp's in there somewhere. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's in Davy Jones' locker. That's not inside Am I in this fish, movie? Jason. Am I in? No. Oh, sorry. Different movie. Uh, I get swallowed by giant beasts all the time, Jerry Smith. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I love you, Jerry Smith. You're I love doing friend. cocaine with you. <laughs> I love doing cocaine with you too, Johnny Depp. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, he's in there somewhere, most likely. Uh, no, he's in the belly of the kraken, not a fish. That's the difference. But anyway, so you do kind of get this grim or grim drab. That's a new word. Grim. I combined grim and drab. That's nice. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, Shakespeare invented words. I just aspire to be like Mr. Shakespeare. But is there a doctor in the fish? No doctors. So, oh, okay, Meg, this is a question that I have for you, having yes. seen this movie so many times. So he, this is the first time that you hear Baron Munchausen say, no doctors. Right. No, 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 no doctors. And then later, you sort of see why when, uh, spoiler alert listeners, the Baron gets shot by Jonathan Price. And, uh, Who is portraying a doctor. 
Well, no, 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 sorry, no, no, no. A doctor the angel comes. of death. Yeah, Doctor Death. That's yeah. what I'm saying. The angel of death so, is actually looking like a doctor. He comes up to help him, but the Baron's like, "No, no doctors." What is it with doctors? Like, well, I, so the way I took it was, I feel like maybe I'm generalizing, but elderly people don't want to go to the doctor or the hospital because that's where you die. Oh, yeah. okay. And I, I've known elderly people who have been, they've had that exact mentality. No doctors, no right. hospitals. Yeah. Hospitals where sick people go. Right. Yeah. It's like, well, grandma, you are sick. But no, but it, so it, you I think of... it just means that he's gone up against the doctor before as a time lord, you see. Mm. And so he's... <laughs> Is he, he the master? I think he might be the master. David Tennant, can yeah. we get you to weigh in on this, love? Any, any time or any mention. I think David Tennant officially doesn't care. Oh, but he's going to be at Dragon Con in a few weeks. That's he true. Is. That's oh, true. God. So, and we hit me fit. up, man. Ah, here comes that voice. Uh, yeah. God, I hate this voice. Why did his voice change so much? Because it was fine in the beginning, where he's like, Probably "Oh, because they didn't need to use it." Yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I but... think Terry only went, "Ooh, I've got an idea." Yeah, I think a lo- I think a lot of this movie was him going, "Ooh, I've got an if idea." If anything, the guy whose voice should have changed would have should have been Gustavo's because he's the one who's you know who blows the, the gale whole force yeah. winds. Yeah, that's the only one who's like maybe hurting his own larynx or whatever. But the guy, the Hawkeye, no, that shouldn't have been a problem for him. Yeah, I don't actually know what his name is. I just call him Hawkeye. Yeah, <laughs> he's a strong, independent woman who don't need no man. He's, he, I don't know, um, but yeah. It, He's turned into a woman with that voice because it just completely changes for literally no reason. But maybe that goes back uh, to the Adolphus. Whole... Adolphus, that's it. But maybe that goes back to, you know, Christopher Lambert being cut out and just so much stuff maybe got cut out that we just cut something that explained why his voice changes. Who knows? So well, it could have been. It there's a lot been. of mystery behind it. Maybe think... he smoked. You don't know. Yeah. This is where um, Baron Munchausen comes in and gets voted the Pirate King. Oh, wait, sorry, different movie franchise, guys, my bad, but... You were just all about that Pirates tonight. I have never been about Pirates of the Caribbean in all of my life. I'm not going to be a pirate. I'm going to be a pirate Pirate king. King. (laughs) Oh, Archer. Yeah. Heart of Archer. But the the whole group is together again now in the belly of a fish. But what's sad is that he's reunited with his whole crew, right? So Baron Munchausen should theoretically be happy, but this is where he drops anchor, uh, no pun intended, and kind of gives up on his own adventure. Yeah, because he's not with Venus anymore, because that was the the love of his life, and he was happy and... He keeps trying to die when he's around Sally, and she she's the one who provides the constant kick in the ass. Like, no, fool, you said you were going to save my friends and family back home. Yeah. The young keep the old youthful. Meanwhile, death so. is anteed up. Death is dealing the cards. Uh, and it seems like Sally is the only one that can see yeah, death. Yeah, that, that's, that shows up again in, in the Doctor Death scene, right? Where she sees him, she recognizes yeah, nobody him. Else nobody else does. Nobody yeah. else seems to be able to she's see She's having death. a fit. She's like a cat where, like, you know how people postulate that cats can see spirits, which is why they, they'll they sort of freeze and well, stare Well, children at are supposed to be able to see spirits as well. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 Okay. Which I is weird because animals. sometimes my kid, she'll just be staring and she'll just be talking. I'm like, who are you talking to? Do you ever kid? ask her who she's talking to? I do. She sees dead people. No. Sometimes she points. She goes, but there. <laughs> no, I, I actually know somebody uh, who was, um, uh, she was watching her grandkid. He was like three, something like that. And she's giving him a bath and she takes him out of the bath. She's drying him off. And he literally, now imagine this happening to you and how quickly you would burn your house down. Um, (laughs) Because he looks, he, you know, she's drying the kid off. And then he says, grandma, who's that man behind you? Oh, hell no. (laughs) She's 
<laughs> you know? I love it. And she turns around. Of course, there's nobody there. And she turns back and she's like, what are you talking about? The man behind you. Who is he? And my response would be, sweetie, wait here. I have to get gasoline and matches because I'm burning this house down. <laughs> you sage the house. Come on. No, burn it down. It's faster. It's no. easier. Yes, save so much time and trouble. Which, this is so ironic. <laughs> Do you know how much money you can make off of a haunted house? Come on. Yeah, well, Jason, that, you're the one who went to the Queen Mary. I lived in a haunted house. I know. Trust me, it wasn't fun. Uh, you could have you gotten a TV crew in there. You well, could have been true. an episode or if, two. If it was today. Yeah, but those guys, you don't even need the haunted house. But there, yeah, uh, And there are people who... Who would pay to live in? They would pay top dollar. To no, live you're absolutely house. right. There are, or Airbnb it. Yeah, to specific people. Yeah, who there want are to be people who haunted. are marketing their houses now as haunted. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. which house was like uh, some house that was based off of a real haunted story, but they made a movie out of it, and then the house Amityville. Maybe I don't know, but they recently just sold the house. And the people didn't actually want to live in it. They just wanted to own it. And then I think like yeah, rent, rent it out. out. Yeah. Hey, I did. It, it, make, it makes sense. You know, Well, I mean, on uh, there's another podcast out there called My Brother, My Brother and Me. It's it's yeah. very famous. Uh, but the brothers do a little bit where they read these eBay cells of like haunted dolls. Oh, because yeah. Because there are haunted dolls on eBay where people are like, oh, this is Emily. She's a very playful spirit. Every now and then she she moves around and like changes the furniture or whatever. <laughs> I people, have one of those dolls. I know you do. And it was Seriously? not. Seriously? She does. Uh, and I can attest to this because listeners, uh, as you may well not know, I just bought Meg's old house. And Meg bought a new house because uh, we do everything together. And you know, it was just destiny that I was going to buy her house. Did uh, you leave the doll for her? I tried. She tried. Oh. So Damn it. it's this three Ugh. foot tall doll that's nope. enclosed nope. in a glass case. And nope. I was going to leave it in the attic for nope. her. Nope. I tried. I nope. really did. <laughs> There's nope. not even really a proper attic. I would have found it. Actually, I'll have to take a picture of she it. She left a weeping angel for me too. I did. That's what's no, really no, effed no. up. You know what I decided to do when we sell our house? I'm going to go to um, like a Halloween store. I'm going to buy a skeleton. Mm-hmm. And in the crawl space in our basement. <laughs> Are you going to like tie it up in a trash bag? I'm going to I'm gonna put a skeleton back there because one day whoever buys our house is going to go in that crawl space yeah. looking for something. Well, no. Uh, wh- oh, here's your uh, up by the, the braid out of the water. Oh, yeah. She's, she's looking for the doll water. listeners. I will get her to text me the image so that uh, I can put it in the show notes for you guys or we can put it up on the website in general. But yeah. So she had this three foot doll in the garage and uh, it was the weekend that I was set to move into Meg's house and I was in the garage and I saw the doll. I was like, you are not leaving that effing thing here. Now, did you buy really it tried. because it was haunted? No, it's, it's been mine since I was a kid. It was okay. my mom's. Is it haunted? Probably. Okay. I mean, like, there's no definitive it was, proof as a BS. I mean, this is an old, old Has anything doll. weird ever happened around it? I don't really pay attention. It's okay. not like All it's right. not like the Teddy Rocks doll that yells. Yeah. That kind of stuff lady. doesn't. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. I'm looking out for that stuff, but yeah. nothing, nothing happens. Uh, but if anything, I mean, it... she did sneak a weeping angel into my house purchase though, because uh, my laundry room is upstairs, and when you pull open the little doors, there's this um, little uh, angel statue. No oh, good. With, with its little chin in its hands. And I was like, I texted her. I was like, you left me a freaking weeping angel in the house. And she, honestly, Meg had just forgotten it was there. Mm-hmm. I did. But sure. I was like, why is it there sure. in the first place in the laundry well, I'm room? I'm not going to get it. <laughs> this is some hot nonsense. Yeah, I've got a friend who's a... Uh, Burn it with fire. He, he was a uh, home inspector. And he, he went to a house one day and he's doing the inspection. And he goes up in the attic. And apparently the people had moved out. And the only thing that they didn't take 
with them when they moved was the six foot tall Grim Reaper that they had standing in the Aww. attic. And so he opens up, he opens up the attic and turns his flashlight on. Oh, no. And right in front of him is a Grim Reaper. See, what I want to do Love eventually it. when we move is I'll do your idea, Jason, with the skeleton, except I'll get one of those animated Freddy Krueger uh, animatronics Who from... is also going to be a Dragon Con this yeah, year. Yeah, everybody and their mom is going to be a Dragon Con this year. It's going to be lit, listeners, and you will probably get to see me dressed like Gail from Bob's Burgers. So make an appearance and you, you might get to meet Jason and Darth Jader. You know what else you could do is leave a... This was the other idea I had for leaving in the house was make a treasure map or something that looks <laughs> like it's telling somebody the where... The Holy Grail. But then, but then, you know, cut off the part where it actually says where it is. Yes. And just see, you know, what effect that has on people. Well, what it's sort about- of like my dying words. I told you that, right? What you, I'm going to say whenever I die. What are your dying words? The gold is in the... Uh, yeah. Or something like, <laughs> I should have never... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just trail it off. was it was the antidote <laughs> is in my <laughs> no but i'm gonna make sure to get my freddy krueger animatronic from a local halloween store leave it in the garage or somewhere spooky a halloween store in january oh, oh delightfully droll <laughs> <laughs> oh they out there no but what i'll do is uh record over its audio and make it sound like scary terry <laughs> that's cool <laughs> people walk into the house oh bitch <laughs> abc he's scary terry. i hate that song <laughs> i hate that song bitch but yeah i think that we got great. you covered don't, don't even, even trip, don't even dog. trip dog don't even trip uh so we have reached the and this is the ultimate level of convenience with this movie the the it'll all work itself outness because yes. so the vulcan guy throws uh them into the whirlpool they wind up inside the fish and then what do they do? They drop some snuff to get the fish to seize yeah, them out? Yeah. He he uh, sprinkles some snuff outside the Adolphus the looks fish. like Blinken from <gasps> Robin Hood many a times. Blinken. That's who I keep thinking of. A Blinken. Oh my god, that's exactly who he looks like. No, I Good said call. hey Blinken. You've lost your arms. But you... Why not? The worked in Blazing Saddles. <laughs> <laughs> Same movie. Yeah. I remember that bit. Dave Chappelle. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A black yeah, sheriff. Yeah, yeah. Why not? It worked in Blazing Saddles. <laughs> His name was Achu. Yeah, Achu. Kazootay. Fagalus? Uh, <laughs> no, not gay. Just married. Oh, Carrie always. <laughs> Carrie. That's his best you. movie. And I miss that, you. I, I Dave love... Chappelle? <laughs> well, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually. Excuse me. The Princess Bride, which... No. You guys, we've got it on the schedule again. Uh, Cece is coming to discuss The Princess Bride. No, I'm not knocking The Princess Bride, but Robin Hood Men in Tights is... I, is it's, it's a great movie. You know what? Fantastic. They're, they're well, pre-tied. My friend John Strangeway, and since we are literally... We're less than a month away from Dragon Con at this point. My friend John Strangeway is one of the best cosplayers I've ever met in my life. Uh, last year, he was part of a troupe of the Men in Tights who actually put a flash mob together to perform the Men in Tights song in the middle of the Marriott Grand Marquis in downtown Atlanta. Don't catch Legionnaires. John, you're the man. <laughs> Shout out to you. So, uh, yeah, we are up, we are in Dragon Con season, guys, and I oh, couldn't yeah. be more excited. I just realized that's going to kind of mess with dragon con the whole thing with the sheraton for people who don't live in atlanta and they probably haven't heard that story the sheraton in downtown atlanta is closed right because it's gonna mess with dragon con big time because of a legionnaires outbreak and in fact they just announced on the news today that uh that a woman and i didn't think legionnaires ever killed anybody but she the one woman died was she a little bit older i don't 
where was it? Like, how did they find it in the hotel? Legionnaires, it hits hotels because the way hotel air conditioning systems yeah, work, it's like a, in the uh, water mm-hmm. circulation, it builds up there, and then it comes through the air conditioning. Yep. What the fuck? Yeah. So yeah. That. So that's going to be an interesting uh, little wrinkle to uh, Dragon Con. It's going to definitely change our navigational systems. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because it's you know, kind of like Disney World, like where, or Disneyland, how you mentioned that the quickest way to get around Disneyland is to walk inside the shops. Yeah. Not out in the main thoroughfare. That, but that's the that's the key to Dragon Con is knowing how to navigate the hotels. Well, I'll tell you the scary thing. What you guys ought to be worried about with Dragon Con is that I don't know how long it's going to be an Atlanta thing. Shut your mouth. Atlanta. It's like one of their biggest attractions. That yeah. But it's outgrowing Atlanta. No, that's not the problem. People, um, we there's a one of the big conventions that that I go to used to alternate between San Diego and Atlanta. Okay. Uh, every other year it was either in San Diego or Atlanta, and they finally had enough complaints from people. What Comic Con? No, 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 no. This is a this is a boring, boring oh, okay. business convention. But here's the thing. Um, apparently the hotels, uh, downtown wrote a letter to the mayor saying we're about to start losing our biggest conventions because people are, people don't want to come to Atlanta because they don't feel safe. What? Seven. Dragon Con is the safest weekend to be in Atlanta. Seven hotels. The general managers wrote the letter saying we're getting people, we're, we're having people pull out. No, our, our, the convention that I go to, it's it, they've said uh, it's going to be San Diego for the next five years, and they're going to Nashville. What? What yeah. the hell? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, oh, Jesus. Then you, There's C-Mag, no way. No. I mean, it's the same week as, like, Pride Week. That Atlanta gets so much revenue from that. It's a trifecta, that. yeah. You get... Uh, well, the city can do all they want, but the problem is if the, if the, if the people putting it on think... I mean, Someone think else about, will reach well, out to well, put it on, Well, think about this. If you have a convention that makes however much money a year, how many percentages off of that do you lose before you change locations? But, I mean, I can't even imagine what kind of money that the hotels are raking in just from people staying there. No, the hotels aren't going to cancel it. What they're saying is the organizers of the convention are going to look for a different city. Why the organizers though? Like who's pulling out to make them want to go somewhere else? The like, the organizers, the, the the people who would book the hotels for the conventions are saying we're getting complaints from people who don't want to be in Atlanta. Are they getting complaints from like the guest stars? From the guest, no, from the people who go to the conventions. No, that's idiotic. Like it, I don't, I don't know. Hey, Hopefully, it won't happen. Go look it up. I'm, go, no, yeah, I'm not saying it isn't it a yeah. thing. I'm just saying it's idiotic. But. Uh, Hopefully it'll stay in Atlanta because good God, like, and someone else pick up the mantle for the love of God, like, that's just like my favorite weekend. Seriously, that is my highest of holy holidays. I know it is. I know. I'm, I'm not. This brings me no joy to to tell you this. Forget there's, Christmas. There would be Forget Halloween. There'd be riding in the Dragon streets Con. if they did it. Yeah, I would be there's, one of those people. Uh, and well, that's and I mean but, the closest other convention is MomoCon, but it's not nearly. It's as not big. the same thing at all. And plus, like that's the week because my mom was expressing concern a couple of years back because I was going to Dragon Con for the first time. Uh, I was going Stag, and I you, even when you go Stag to Dragon Con, you all of your groups or friends are they're just all over the place. So you mostly just spend your time walking around, hanging out with your friends, meeting up with this group now, meeting up with another group later, whatever the case may be. But my mom was concerned that I was going down there by myself. And I was like, Mom, don't you understand? This is the biggest group of nerds that convenes all year. And we all have real weapons. 
So if anybody does try to attack me or hurt me in some kind of way, we've got a bunch of very chivalrous nerds who are willing to settle that dispute and come to your rescue. I love Dragon Con. My God. So, yeah, hopefully that won't happen. Well, hopefully not. But uh, after that 10-minute stint, uh, let's get back to... Yeah, yeah the movie's Munchausen. almost over now. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, it, sadly, and I'll, I'll say this as the negative Nancy in the room who's not the biggest fan of this movie, you can talk through a lot of it. Yeah, and you, not really, miss you really lot. can. <laughs> it, yeah. You miss tons. Uh, I, mean, I think that's sort of... The Baron's saving the day right now by... I, finally. I think that's my problem with the movie is that you can literally go, oh, it's the beginning of the battle sequence. It could have been ahead. an hour long. You can, yeah, you and can it skip ahead fine. to the end of it. And nah, you, you I know. love every second. Well, and that, you know, that's the thing about these movies is that they are, you know, it's it's always a question of when did you watch it? And the, you know, although I say that. Timing is the key to life, as my dad would say. Yeah, I mean, I say that, but, you know, look at the, the original Star Wars trilogy. You know, when mm-hmm. I was a kid, there was nothing greater, it was no. the greatest yeah. thing in the world. I can't really waste the time to sit through them anymore. You know, you bite your tongue. You know, I, I forgot I, like how lengthy they actually are because I watched one the other day. They are very long, yeah. Yeah, but I forgot that as a kid. <laughs> well, just, yeah, when you're a kid, it's like it's like an hour. It seems, you know, if even. But they, yeah, they're lengthy movies. It just, uh, it's funny because. It, as a kid, you you don't have deadlines. You don't have any of this stress on the outside where you're like, I should be doing insert task here. Like, I think uh, Carrie Bradshaw said it best. Why are we shooting all over ourselves? Take the time to enjoy the movie. That's fine. If you're going to sit down and watch it, enjoy it. Well, yeah. But, yeah. I, but I know what you mean is that, like, even watching this movie, I was like, God, this thing is two hours long. Oh, my. Ugh. And I, it's no I, worse than me sitting down watching Lord of the Rings extended edition, which I do all the time. Yes, you do. I can attest to that. Yeah. But it just, yeah, it's kind of like who has the time. But with this movie, uh, after watching it in the studio for the second time with you guys, uh, even though it's on silent, I'll probably never watch this movie ever again. Okay, like, well, but what about Endgame? Wasn't that three hours long? Well, it's not a question of length. I, only saw it I mean, once. movies. You know, I mean, Schindler's List is a long movie, yeah. but it needed to be, you know. It, it was, needed to it be was... to really d- fill out all the detail yeah. to tell the story. But with this movie, that's not necessary, in my opinion. Like, because the Baron doesn't do any, It's he's not like Hercules where he has to undertake, you know, seven or however many labors and well, he has to perform a task to get his like, people back. And a, he, a little bit he does, though, because through each adventure that's being told, Sally kind of like brings him back to his former self. Sally so does, be, though. Right. But, but he's it's, not doing anything. No, but it's their deni- that dynamic together where he's becoming... Oh, they're your anchors. His, I know, I do love this. <laughs> <laughs> but he's becoming his old, better, quote unquote, self because of her. Because of Sally, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, look, I mean, it, part of it comes down to, and I think in a movie like this, it's really a question of enjoying hanging out with the characters. And we've said this before. Right. You know, if you enjoy hanging out with the characters, it could be 12 hours long and you're going to love it because it's yeah. like, it's like hanging and out with your friends. Yeah. My favorite movie is eight hours long. Mm-hmm. Tell them. Tell them what it is. It's the 10th Kingdom. And yep. it's, it's technically a mini series, but they rolled it all into one yeah. movie. Yeah. Well, just like they did with it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Because what is it? It uh, four hours or something like um, that. Whenever it's... it's three hours long in the final cut, but it was apparently supposed to be much longer, according yeah. to Adam Darby. Uh, but the uh, the studio got a hold of it, unfortunately. 
Oh, and I do love this one little joke, not to inter- interrupt that train of thought, but uh, and they shoot a mouse at all the elephants to get the elephants to stampede. And Which is true. Kinda... That no. is, it's true. They tested it on Mythbusters, and they were absolutely blown away. They actually went to it. The elephants were afraid of mice? They actually had a thing where they had a mouse that was concealed under uh, a fake rock, and uh-huh. they had elephant. You know, the elephants were walking up, and they literally, like Jamie Heineman was like, this is the stupidest thing we've ever done. This is the, like, I, why are we even This is the things? biggest waste. And they flip open the thing, and there's the mouse, and the elephants freak out, and but, like... You know, elephants are really smart. I do wonder if they know that mice and rats like carry diseases and maybe that's why they scatter. Well, because I saw in, it's in no way backed up by science. So don't really take this to the bank. But I I saw one of those memes where apparently someone's attesting to the fact that elephants, they're so much larger than we are. Apparently elephants interact with us the way that they do because they, they think we're cute. Oh, like, like puppies, like puppies. Yeah. yeah. I saw that too. Uh, so I'm, I'd be fascinated to know if that's a well, real thing. Uh, yeah, but how often have you gotten angry and trampled puppies? Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. Are they going after my baby? You know. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. True. But uh, if cute puppy- little puppy squish. <laughs> oh. Well. God, but yeah. But yay, the Baron saved the day now. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. For those of you at home wondering, would the Baron save the day? The answer is yes, by two falls and a knockout. But is the movie over? Sure ain't. (laughs) It pulls an inception of all things because... I didn't get it. So yeah, the the town (laughs) celebrates their victory and the Baron ends up getting sniped. (laughs) Yeah, the Baron goes the Baron goes through Dealey Plaza in the back of the limousine with Governor (laughs) Connolly in the front seat. No, that's what that scene was supposed to be. It was supposed to be explicitly the Kennedy assassination. That makes me so much sadder. (laughs) Oh god. God. Yeah, he he gets sniped and they start lowering him into the ground and you think the movie's over, and then all of a sudden they're back on stage and all the characters are still they're just characters and the meanwhile, baron's old again yeah and Sweet. meanwhile all the dads who brought their kids to the theater throw their popcorn on the ground say an expletive and leave <laughs> but <laughs> that's so what my dad would have done think, you think that it was all just a story and you know they're like oh my god it was just a story and the baron's like you know what no, come and Storm see. the gates. Uh, because, yeah, that he, like I said, it's very Inception because they sort of leave you to your own opinion as to whether or not he saved the day. Or, or if it was all just a, you think it's all just a story, but then they go to the front gates and it turns out that the, the Turk army was defeated and everybody's gone. But you don't know if that's because, like, it, you don't know if you they just left you, or if it actually Yeah, you happened. don't see bodies anywhere. That's my definitive thing is that like, because uh, for those of you out there who are still confused about Inception, I don't understand why, but I will give you a hint. I'm not going to give away the actual ending of Inception, but the uh, top is not Leo DiCaprio's totem. That is the hint that I will leave you with so that you can better understand Inception. But this movie has a similar ending. Oh, stop ending. going on about Inception. If it's, if, it's, <laughs> if it's dumb and stupid, then yeah, I guess it's everybody's favorite movie, Morty. But uh, yeah, so you see... He's been the, shot. He's been shot. My God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the Baron oh. is on the ground. Do you know that there was That's a big... So there's panic in the plaza now. There was the, a big, uh, really big controversy because uh, many years back, the Scottish developed a video game and held a contest... And unless I'm pretty sure it was Scotland, they had a video game where you had to simulate the assassination of President Kennedy, and whoever came the closest to doing it won some major prize. And that's kind of dumb because if you've ever been to Dealey Plaza, it's a pretty easy shot. Oh my God, Jason! <laughs> no, that's one of the, that's one of the things that I always tell people who who 
give me crap about the Kennedy assassination being a conspiracy. And they're like, no one could make that shot. Yes, they could. Yeah, have. they could. It's very realistic. Yeah, it's a building right there and a guy in a car moving about five miles an it's hour. No, but yeah, so Baron Munchausen unfortunately does get shot and all the ladies are freaking out because... And there's the doctor who ends up being the angel of death. Who looks like uh, the bad guy from the first Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) He looks like the bad guy from like a lot of movies. You know, that's true. No, I'm a Victorian bad guy. But it's all irrelevant because he dies in his story and then you come No consequences. Well, you come back to the stage and he's like, well, that's one of the many times I've met my death. And if you're fortunate like me, you'll do it quite a bit. Because he regenerated. Yeah, 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 he's a time lord. In fact, all he did was he did an Enoch Root thing. You know, for Neil Stevenson fans out there, where he just merged two different timelines together. <laughs> he merged a timeline where the Turks were defeated into the timeline where he survived. We can only do that a handful of times, Morty. <laughs> it's not an infinite number. <laughs> Actually, I think that's what he did. <laughs> you pissed off the squirrels, Morty. You killed the Baron, Morty. Yeah, but anyway. all he did was he found a timeline where the Turks were defeated. And he happened and he to die about that and time. And he just yeah. merged it so I'm that he, so that there weren't two of him in that timeline. I'm and the Turks were defeated. You. But yeah, so everybody's upset, including Bob Cephala uh, over group. in the corner. And you see that he's got a tombstone and a little, or a little monument to him, at the very least. And I kind of thought... His name is I, just Baron Mon- von Munchausen. Well, he's got a full... You know, he listed his yeah. full name at some yeah, point. Yeah, he says his full name at one point. But I, I, I actually... Th- looked on the tombstone and I thought because it and I know that's what they say on tombstones but it is kind of awkward it says here lies Baron von Munchausen except he's not buried <laughs> well but he's known as a liar you know like he's a famous liar uh, and it's I, I, it's like here lies Baron von Munchausen and, and then he's not actually and then dead. he's not actually dead so it's sort of like was that Terry Gilliam sort of sneaking a little thing in there saying yeah he's lying that's, that's little, what he does that's the spinning yeah. top yeah. at the end of Inception yeah, yeah there yeah, you go yeah. maybe that's another reason why they made his nose so outrageous is like Pinocchio, Pinocchio. Yeah, the Pinocchio the, the lies yeah. and he gets swallowed by a whale <laughs> oh my that's god you know? yeah so this is a multiverse uh, capture just in and of itself yeah I I I wish you guys had read Neil Stevenson because I'm actually thinking now that's the only thing that makes it make sense. He's Enoch Rude. That's so funny. I just love that he was such a good storyteller that even the actors thought that it was actually happening and they were all... They're like, kind of mourning they were him so, toward the end. Yeah, yeah, they were so into the story that they were emotionally abused. Well, almost. and they're so into the story that they changed their entire tune about him because not oh, yeah. it's not just Sally who believes him by the end of the movie where we've gone uh, forward in time again and Baron's old. It, he goes up against Jonathan Price. The uh, what was his name? He had such a fantastic name in this movie because uh, the guy who shoots him who drives an Infinity Q forty five superior by design. Oh God, Mister uh, Bond. Uh, I love Jonathan Price. Executor, <laughs> what's execute. The, what's in the case? <laughs> That's from Ronan. I'm trying to think of more Jonathan Price movies. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um. Anyway, he's. He has a long name too, uh, Jonathan Bryce in this movie. I can't find it in my notes at the moment, but uh, so he's kind of going going up against the Baron right now, where he doesn't want the city to open the gates, and the Baron's like, "No, open the gates. Let's see if the Turks were really defeated or not." And Jonathan Price is freaking out, saying, "Like, I'll I'll execute you for treason if you're you go all against under my arrest. will." Yeah. yeah. So he started to think that he was holding the city hostage yeah. through fear. Yeah. Well, my well, see, that's what I was expecting him to open up the gates and there to be absolutely nothing, nothing there. Yeah, I thought yeah. he yeah. was terrorizing his own yeah. city to keep them, you know, under his thumb. 
But you do go out and you see that there are all these campfires burning and stuff. But uh, like there was Nick, clearly an army but there. But there, are there no, was a battle there because, no bodies. because the sea isn't the siege tower. They all, all leave though. But isn't the siege tower broken when the oh well, I guess we'll find, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you you come out and you find it's the Alamo. <laughs> he was telling a story, but he actually did defeat the Turks. So you think he merged? He merged timelines. And yeah, then he so rides off into the sunset with his, with his dog. With his dog and Bucephalus. Bob Cephalus. <laughs> 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 I've always wanted to sell you a costume, Bobby. But uh, yeah, so the Baron does go out to the gates and you, you see that the Turkish army has abandoned all hope and they've left. And that's great. But th- that still leaves you with the question. Yeah. Did he do it? Well, I think I've answered the question. Well, even Defin- yeah. definitively, and that's all there is to time it. Lord. The subject, subject is close. He's a time lord. Um, <laughs> it was actually the dog the whole time. Uh, oh. Yeah, the dog did all of it. It's like that Denzel Washington movie where he's a demon, and you think that he's been defeated, but then his soul transfers into a cat. I yeah. cannot what remember. What movie is that? Uh, no, it's a real movie. Uh, uh, it's something like Fallen or it. Fallen is some no, no, no. Thing. It's saying it, it's something similar in title is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but yeah, Denzel Washington is this demon whose spirit can I, I know what you're talking transfer about. to people, uh, but only they, they obviously have to be alive. Yeah. And at, the way that the movie sets Damn it, it up. I know exactly a, what you're talking God, about. Um, yeah. The way that the movie sets it up, you think that he can only transfer his soul from person to person. But then the end of the movie happens and the guy who's so battling here. Denzel, uh, traps him where he's the only one that Denzel can uh put himself into so he kills himself to trap the demon and make sure that the demon can't take over anybody else but no, then, I, was, I was wrong the siege tower isn't broken no it's not but there is smoke but then the demon there are many siege towers though who's to say that was well, the one true yeah. yeah that's true and and some guy has a chair yeah like you yeah. do Oh, because if I you brought remember, a chair. There's, no, there was a scene where they threw the chair up against the wall to like barricade it, so he probably took it down. <laughs> Get my and chair just held back. It above his head. Yeah, see all the wreckage down there. That's the same yeah. wreckage yeah. in the battle. Yeah, I can't call that horse anything else now. And Ronald, Ma- Ma- Ron- Ronald McDonald standing behind that, like, <laughs> standing in the background. No, but um, yeah, to completely ruin that Denzel movie, he transfers his being into a cat. Yeah, we get it. So uh, <laughs> we, anyway, we've moved on. She's not seen it. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So, but this is the most poignant moment where Sally looks at the Baron and she's like, "It wasn't just a story, was it?" And he neither confirms nor denies. I so, can't tell you. Oh. The top is still spinning. Oh. Oh, I do love how he throws a rose at Sally at the end as just kind of like, at a girl. Well, <laughs> well and he, when he looks at Uma Thurman, it's almost like Uma Thurman is actually Venus and they're sharing this like... Like they know like some this secret. knowing glance. Yeah. And meanwhile, Sally's putting a cigarette out going, fucking, <laughs> fucking humans. <laughs> well, I Sally... to make it so difficult. It was kind of sweet for Sally because the movie starts out... Who doesn't lo- get a rose. Yes, she does. She no. just got a flower. It's not a rose. It's all not a rose. The it's other, a flower. All the other women in the movie get a rose. She what? she what? gets a scarlet pimpernel. What? Wow! I the, love that you know. No, it's that. a rose. Look. No, it's a scarlet pimpernel. It, when he hands it to her, it's very obviously a purple flower. That's not a rose. It was well, very obviously red, but it was also a fake flower where you could see well, that it had yeah. fallen apart. No, but when he actually hands it to her, it's it's not the same flower. Well, and, and, and the debate her. is, does that mean anything? 
on the internet. Well, and, well, is it significant that he gives her a different flower? I think it all ties together in the sense that in the beginning of the movie, uh, Sally Ooh, is complaining to her. Supposed to play next? That was my other favorite yeah. childhood yeah. movie. Now, like, are you ready for the Netflix series? Look, uh, I hope <laughs> maybe I, it's Look, still the puppets. Dark Dark Crystal. When I was a kid, a little kid. That movie scared the bejesus the out of me. Oh my god! Have you been to the puppetry museum and seen? It's on right now. Yeah, I haven't been, but I really want to. Yeah, it's cool when you walk in that room and it's in there. It like, oh, I need to go. That was like this movie, Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, and one of the Ewok movies were like my roundabout movies. Ah, uh, what the Battle for Endor? That the like play on loop movies. Yeah. What was the name of that? that something Ewok Endor. Movie? Yeah, something Endor. I don't know it was why a TV, I liked it. It was a TV movie. No, I yeah. liked it when I was a kid, yeah. But I, I, I did I did those four movies just like on repeat. No, the dark- oh, oh, and uh, leg- the, yeah, Legend and Legends The Last the Unicorn. Oh, no, yeah. Legend, which has Legend. Tim Curry. Yeah, Legend. Tim Curry? Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Legend is... And a very handsome young Tom Cruise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But before we get too far off the flower thing, I, what I thought it symbolized was the fact that there was a man in Sally's life that recognized and valued her as a girl because yeah, in the beginning of the movie, that, yeah. oh yeah, her dad yeah. has the whole theater troop and it's like salt and son, and she's the one defacing the crossing flyer. out, putting daughter, yeah, and putting daughter, and she and he's like, son is more traditional. That's the way we should do it. But then yeah, she then gets he a changes flower. his mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah so no, That's but cute. the Baron recognizes. That's such a good movie. It's a, it's a. It's How a, dare you an, hate on it? I do what I please. Well, let's let's go to our tried and true method of analyzing yes, yes. a movie. Um, Meg, I believe you remember this. These sign, uh, the Alpha Seinfeld, Seinfeld scale. So, where does the Adventures of Baron Munchausen fall on the scale for you? Still love it. So, so are we talking like Seinfeld level, just below? Like, where where would you put it? Uh, nine out of ten on the Alpha Seinfeld. Or one out of ten. <laughs> nine with, out you, of ten. with you, I know it's uh it's it's gonna be in the nine to ten range. Yeah, but, it is. Because you love it. So what what's the exact grade? I give it a nine still. Okay. I am back where what was the movie the last movie I gave a five to? Where it was we've done so many recently, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't remember. remember okay, what what did you give this movie the last I time? I think you Mrs. Dalfire? Am I, well, because a five on the Alpha Seinfeld scale means it hasn't gotten any worse or better since I was a it's, kid. It's sort I still, of maintained a Rocco's still, modern I, life status. Yeah, it's like it still holds it, up. Yeah, because it's like what are you know some of my favorite movies. You know, Last Starfighter. No, <laughs> I, no, Iron Eagle. Uh, no, wait, no, that's a two. Kind of like the movie Lost um, Starship, Starship Troopers. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Oh, God. Great movie. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not, not a bad movie. Not to mention, yeah, yeah. Rico and Dizzy haven't aged today. Saw them at Dragon Con last year. Still looking yeah. smoking. Um, <laughs> Denise Richards? She's had a lot of work done. She, yeah, she's 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 had her troubles. Um, but she was in a Bond movie, so. Um, Denise Richards was in a Bond movie? Yeah. She played Christmas Jones. Which Bond? Um, it wasn't Die Another Day. It I was, was about to say, no, but like which Bond? Oh, uh, Pierce Brosnan. I I'm, the only one I remember with Pierce Brosnan is with Halle Berry. No, that no. Um, she was she played a nuclear scientist. <laughs> you can't even get through that without laughing. My God, it's name she name. She was married to Charlie Sheen, and her name God was sake. Christmas Jones. And the yeah. only reason she was named Christmas Jones was so that at the end of the movie, when Pierce Brosnan is having sex with her, mm. he can say. I thought Christmas only came once a year. Oh, oh classic. Oh, 
That's no. that 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 was where we were in the nineties, folks. No. <laughs> or in the early two oh, thousands. Yeah. I thought it only arrived once a year. Yeah. It's, <laughs> according to a previous uh, episode. <laughs> and Sophie Marceau was in the same movie. So they got Denise Denise Not to be Richard. Confused with Marcel Marceau. No, slightly different. She looks Just, she she looks better in uh, in, in stockings, and than he she does. talks more. Yeah, yeah. Um, but wah, wah. But okay, so where does this? You said this holds up where for you? I, I it's it's a five. It hasn't moved. Okay, because a five isn't bad. Because that's the thing about the Alf to Seinfeld scale. How did it's, you like it when you were a kid, though? I yeah, it was all right. You told me earlier that you liked it when you were a kid. No, I told you I've never figured out how I felt about it. I thought said that's how you felt now. No, I've never. It's like I've seen it a bunch of times, and I still don't know how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. You know. Whereas I, so we just, have like, eh, and hate. I think um, we're all across the spectrum on this. I'm one. not. I'm not on a straight hate with this one. I'd give it about a four. Yeah, I don't uh, hate it by any means. I'd give it about a yeah. three and a half. Look at four. those IMBD stars. Uh, yeah, oh, but man. see. Just because yeah, all 384 votes. Right. <laughs> it's How only been, it's only up? been out since 1988. But Jason, let's do our tried and true experiment of what other people purchased alongside yes. this. Movie. And I will tell you, I'm looking at it, and Ooh, okay, Twenty Thousand Leagues, awesome. Black Cauldron, awesome. Yep. Last Starfighter, Aldrin, awesome. Uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth, eh. Labyrinth, Labyrinth, awesome. Yeah, Tron. the original Tron. Willow, Never Ending Story, and The Dark Crystal, but but <laughs> those are all great. Here's the problem, though. I see a little bit of Popeye sticking. No, you don't. Yeah, Ruh, it's, it's, oh no, this movie is. Oh, other customers watched Popeye. Robert Williams' first movie, though. So I did watch okay. Willow recently as well. Oh, Willow's great. So good. Yeah, Willow's great. Wait. This wasn't Robin Williams' first movie. No, no, Popeye. Oh, I was like, yeah, oh, okay. God, I yeah. was like, yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, I'd give and it a solid 20,000 Leagues Into the Sea with James Mason. I haven't seen that movie in so long. Easy I cut lo- rate, James <laughs> Mason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's got God in it. How can you not watch that movie? James Mason, James who is Mason. God. Cheesy uh, d- d- well, crazy. Bef- tell me what's going on. Before we go completely off the rails. Um, Which we haven't yet be- yeah. with all of our other um, talk. I think that we have covered this movie about as much as anyone can cover this movie. Uh, and I, still respect themselves. Uh, we, we hope that you learned some useful trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, we apologize to any fat fetishists that we may have offended. Chubby um, chasers. Sorry. <laughs> oh my I, forgot, God. I forgot to use the politically correct <laughs> term. Um, <laughs> Dark post. What, what was well, it? No, Not no. blackmailing. Um, African-American mailing. No, that's not what you came up with. It was something different. I have to have to re-listen. But anyway, um, oh God, you go back and listen to these. I never. <laughs> I do. I actually uh, enjoy our show. Uh, believe no. it or not. Um, no, as soon as we're done, I'm out. Uh, I know. That's why I'm the one who has to write the show notes, listeners. So you have to put up with my bad jokes and writing too. Um, Deal with it. You can blame Jason. So, uh, Meg, mm-hmm. is there anything? Uh, would you like anybody to follow you anywhere, or <laughs> uh, especially after this movie, or anything yes. like that? Oh, God. Yes. Would you like anyone following <laughs> on the social mediums? <laughs> I on social media? Oh, okay. I, I thought probably, you know, in real life, you know the see. tweeter, the countenance novel, the tweeter. Any of those? Any of those? I, I am on the twitters. Uh, she is. I, I believe it's uh, my gaming handle, actually. The Mag Egg Meg. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to spell that out for the listeners in yes, case they'd I like to. to find you on Twitter? Um, M-A-G-E-G-M-E-G. We're not NATO phoneticking that for you guys at all. Yes. Oh, Jason, you would appreciate this story because you and Adam use the NATO phonetic alphabet around me all the time. Uh, the other day, because I've known it since I was a little kid, my uncle taught it to me and I was spelling it out for somebody at work. 
uh, I had to spell out my username and I was like, it's LC29CB. So uh, Lima Charlie 29 Charlie Bravo. And she was like, ma'am, your username really shouldn't be that long. I was like, it's LC29. You've got to be kidding. Oh, no, she had no oh idea what I was God. talking about. It was hysterical. So there's that. Uh, oh, the place that we went to to uh, train actually had the the alphabet. And they do army computer. time, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, or European time, as yeah. they call it in Europe. Uh, we don't believe in yeah. that in America. <laughs> I think we should do... T- I, I use 24-hour time. I think I, it's, I, I think it's better. Men do that a lot. Yeah. My it, husband does that, and I It don't. makes a lot of sense. It re- when you think about no. it, it actually... It does make sense. Well, you know? they do a good gag about it on Mrs. Maisel where um, Alex Borstein shows up. Uh, they're trying to get Midge on a spot on TV and they're like, in television, we do army time. So uh, just add 12 to any number we give you. And I'm like, wait a minute. No, no, no. And it stressed me out because then later they figured it out. They were like, adding 12 to anything doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because if you add 12 to 23. It's nonsense. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, oh it's utterly nonsensical. We have to be there at 35 o'clock. <laughs> exactly. So. So, um, anyway. On that interesting note. <laughs> yes. Uh, all this trivia that you learned from us that you never asked for, and now it's taking up your attic space in your brain. So yes. you're welcome. Well, we we want to thank, uh, in fact, not only do I want to thank, I, I, I hate it when people say that. I thank. You will thank. Yes, yes you I will. thank, yeah. Um, I had an English teacher that beat that into me, you know. Uh, don't say I would like to thank. Just thank them. Don't say very because it's lazy. Yes. I mean, maybe you would like to, but then you never get around. Yeah, to sure. It. I'd Another like to thank Robin this Williams guy, Shadow. but he hadn't done anything worth it. Huh. Um, uh, thanks to uh, to our co-host, our guest co-host, our repeat guest co-host, and there You're have not been very many of those. of those now. Yeah, uh, uh, Meg, uh, thank you for for once again um, putting watching, up with us. For yeah, putting up with us. Yeah, anytime. Uh, and uh, thanks to the audience. For putting up with us and Australia, we, love we do love you, Australia and Japan. We're getting more traffic from Japan. Well, yeah. hello. Um, careful, guys. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's Japan. Oh, it's evening. Konbawa. Konnichiwa. She speaks a little Japanese. <laughs> I do. Come on, let's say. But it's funny, listeners, because with this particular studio setup, we've got the two people that I share most of my brain with. Meg, more so than anybody else on the planet, because I've literally known her for. Over half my life at this point. Yeah, long that's, fucking time. I got that's crazy. Um, so we're not going to age ourselves, but you know how old I am, so you already know it doesn't matter. Oh, but I'm told I look like I'm 25. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm not going to age you. How about that? Uh, either way, uh, these are the people that I share so much of my brain with on a regular week, weekly basis, daily basis. If we're talking Meg versus Jason, but I, I once again thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. You can find us on the social mediums that are no longer relevant. Uh, Facebook and Twitter is what I'm hearing from Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us on the Insta. That's what I hear the cool kids call it. Uh, the Gram. The Gram is that what it is now? I don't know. Oh, damn. I'm, I'm just, on there, too, though. Uh, she is. Uh, so you can find uh, us and Meg on Instagram. We're not going to make it easy for you. Find us. This has been Hindsight is Horrifying. Meg, once again, thank you for joining us. You want to say bye to the listeners? Bye, everybody. And she'll be back, guys, because apparently people really do want to come back, including... I think the, we'll do The Dark Crystal next. Yes! Yeah. I'm yeah. on it. Yeah. <laughs> All these movies that I haven't seen, so... Um, You've never, never seen, seen the, the Dark, Dark Crystal? Crystal? Oh, Show's over. Just, just in the show. <laughs>